BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Dave Rogers in the eye in the sky, overlooking the front straightaway at Darlington International Raceway. We're about 28 minutes away from the start of the 1973 Southern 500. Now to meet the broadcasters. Next to me in the eye in the sky is a gentleman who hasn't missed but a couple of races this year throughout the NASCAR circuit. Hal Hamrick. Good to have you aboard again, Hal. Thank you, Dave. Indeed, a pleasure to be back in Darlington. And a real fine day. The sun is broken through the clouds. And the crowd's ready. The driver's ready. The car's ready. We're definitely ready for one of the greatest Southern 500s ever. We have a fine field of cars lined up. Some dark horses back in the field that might come through and give some challenge to some of these front runners. We'll have to wait and see. And we'll be right here to describe the action. Back to the Iron Sky. Okay, Hal Hamrick. Now to Charlie Bailey at the Pagoda. Right, Dave, right across from that start-finish line where Johnny Bruner Jr. waves the green flag and the white and the checkered flag signifying the end of the uh, Southern 500. We're located just above the pit area. To our left, the, pit, uh, the pits of Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, Cale uh, Yarborough, and uh, on down the line, uh, Buddy Baker and a few of the others. This is the nerve center of the Southern 500 where all major decisions are made. Len Kukler, executive director of NASCAR, is right with us, technical director Bill Gazaway, and a host of other officials down below. Chief scorer Joe Epton the works. Right now, though, everybody's eyes is on the skies, where right now it looks as though the skies will remain clear throughout the afternoon, but to get a clearer picture of the weather situation, here now is the weatherman, Dean Page. Thank you, Charlie. Right now, temperature running about 80 degrees, humidity in the high 90s. Skies are sunny, so partly sunny, with quite a bit of haze. Thunderstorms may be possible later on during the day. Right now, Weather Bureau saying approximately 50% chance. We'll keep you posted throughout the race. Okay, Gene. Network Weatherman, thank you very much. We'll follow the action from turn four through turn one. Now back to the eye in the sky. Charlie Bailey at the Pagoda along with Weatherman Gene Page. Now to corners one and two and Paul Sexton. Thank you. Down here right in the middle between one and two turn, we were following the drivers through qualifying and practice runs all throughout the week. And the talk is always about the condition of the track here in Darlington. Talking to Benny Parsons uh, only Saturday afternoon, his opinion of the track, well, it may not be in good a shape as they'd like for it to be this year. They're talking about how slick it is, and they say the problem that they're having, or the place they're having more problems than anywhere else, is in turns one and two. So we'll be right here. Hopefully nothing will cause the drivers any problem here, but if they do, we'll be right on top of it, down in one and two. Now back to the eye. Here's a gentleman who's been around racing for quite some time. He steps aboard the Darlington Universal Racing Network. He's been around Universal for quite some time, too. Earl Kelly, who's over on the back stands. Earl, glad to have you with us. Well, thank you, Dave, and good afternoon, everyone. Our broadcast position today is high above the grandstand in the middle of the back stretch, and we'll be watching the action out of turns one and two down toward the always exciting three and four. A number of the drivers are also pitting back here this afternoon, and we'll be keeping an eye on them, too. 
as this 24th annual Southern 500 gets underway. Having started coming here with the first 500, we find only that this year's Southern 500 promises to be bigger and better than ever. Back to the eye. And here in the eye, we say thank you, Earl Kelly. Dick Jones is between three and four. Dick, how are things with you? Dave, as usual, a lot of dreams are shattered coming into turn three. It's Slick again talking to Daryl Waltrip, the young boy who has a great ride in the Budmore car today. He says the car is giving him some problems definitely coming into turn three. And he said, if I can get in, Dick, I'm all right. I can stay up near the wall, let her drift high, come on down, head into four, and go on out. But every driver says coming into three today is going to be something to keep your eye on. And we'll be right here to do it throughout the afternoon. Now back to the eye. And we're going to get into that lineup now so that you can find out the entire starting lineup for the 20 rows. They will be starting two abreast, and that means the top 40 men will be out there and ready to go here in just a few moments. Al, you'll start it with a pole, I guess. Fine, Dave, and on that pole, as you mentioned a while ago, in that uh, Carnival 21, the Wood Brothers, Mercury from Spartanburg, South Carolina, David Pearson. He won the pole with a 150.366 miles per hour qualifying speed. Outside on that front row, a car that... Uh, well, in pre-race uh, pickings, everyone said that the Chevrolets would probably be on the pole. But he's on the outside of the front row from Hueytown, Alabama, two-time winner. And he has won the past two years here at Darlington from Hueytown, Alabama, and the Coca-Cola Chevrolet Bobby Allison. The second row on the inside, car number 43 from Randleton, North Carolina, the STP Dodge is Richard Petty. On the outside, in car number 15 from Franklin, Tennessee, in the State Power Ford, Daryl Waltrip, a rookie sensation who should uh, definitely be counted as a dark horse in this race today. Row three on the inside, starting position number five, car number 71 from Charlotte, North Carolina, in the K&K Insurance Company Dodge, it's Buddy Baker. And on the outside, in car number 28, from Georgetown, Indiana, in the Pylon Wipers Chevrolet, charging Charlie Glotzbach. The fourth row inside, car number 72 from Ellerby, North Carolina, the point leader right now in the Grand National Winston Cup Series. In the DeWitt Enterprises Chevrolet, it's Benny Parsons. And on the outside, in car number 11 from nearby Timmonsville, South Carolina, the Car Care Junior Johnson Chevrolet, Kale Yarborough. Fifth row inside, in car number 54, a guy who had a little problem here on Friday and Saturday. More problems on Saturday hitting the wall. He's got everything going today for him. From up in Petersburg, Virginia, the Master Sales Chevrolet, Lenny Pond. And on the outside of that uh, fifth row, starting position number 10, car number 77, from Anniston, Alabama, in the Ward Racing Chevrolet, Charlie Roberts. Sixth row inside, car number 18 from Golden Valley, Minnesota, in the Prasson Cement Dodge, Big Joe, Joe Prasson. On the outside, in car number 67 from Martinsville, Virginia, in the Cherokee Construction Dodge, Buddy Arrington. Seventh row inside, car number 24 from Horseshoe, North Carolina, the Gordons Brothers Chevrolet, Cecil Gordon. And on the outside, in car number 14 from Columbia, Tennessee, in the Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet, Clifton Cuckoo Marlin. Eighth row inside, car number 49 from Bluff City, Tennessee, in the Cam Craft Dodge, G.C. Spencer. And on the outside, in car number 31 from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Nixon Enterprises Dodge, Jim Vandenberg. Ninth row inside, car number 64 from Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Langley Racing Mercury, Elmo Langley. And on the outside, in car number 03 from McKeesport, Pennsylvania, the Gale Trucking Company, Mercury, it's Tom Gale. 
By the way, we have a little activity out on the track. I think that's uh, the car being presented from Cotton Owens, the Buddy Baker car that won the Southern 500, taking a tour. It's going to be in the Joe Wedley Museum. Back to you, Dave. That was the first car to go over 200 miles an hour on a closed course, right? That uh, is quite an honor. Looking at row 10 on the inside, it's Dick May of Brownsville, New York, and a hollow racing Mercury. He qualified about seven miles an hour slower than Mr. Pearson. James Hilton is on the outside of row 10. James now out of Roanoke, Virginia, in the Hilton Racing Mercury. And on row 11 on the inside, it's Henley Gray of Rome, Georgia. No stranger to racing in Darlington in the Lindsay Motors Mercury. He qualified at about uh, 7 miles an hour slower than uh, that 150-mile pace set by David Pearson. That's uh, inside row 11. On the outside is Dick Brooks. We've mentioned Dick. He's from Spartanburg, racing out of Spartanburg now. The NB Racing Chevrolet. And, uh, of course, he won over at Talladega in the Plymouth. He has the Chevrolet here today on row 11 outside. Row 12 inside is occupied by Richie Panch of Daytona Beach, Florida, and the Collie Company Ford. He qualified at almost 143 miles per hour. On the outside of row 12 is Frank Warren of Harrisburg, North Carolina, in the Warren Racing Dodge. Row 13 on the outside next to Bill Champion is Dean Dalton of Asheville, North Carolina, in the Belden Asphalt Mercury. Row 14 on the inside, David Sisko of Nashville, Tennessee. Sisko Racing Chevrolet, he's driving, and he's on the inside of row 14 next to Walter Ballard of Houston, Texas. Former Rookie of the Year, Walter Ballard in the Heckerman Foreign Cars Mercury. Then on row 15 inside, Richard Childress is the driver. Richard from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and the Newton Trucking Chevrolet. Vic Parsons of Skyland, North Carolina, and the Seabird Racing Board is next to him on row 15 outside. Row 16, Bud Moore of Charleston, South Carolina, and the Trucksmore Equipment Mercury. And then on row 16 outside, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, and the McDuffie Racing Chevrolet. We have... Row 17, occupied by Jave Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, in the McCaig Metal Dodge. Okay, that's the McCaig Motel, I believe it is, Dodge. I'll be sure that uh, Jave Carr gets the credit there, and uh, he qualified at about 141 and a half miles per hour. Randy Tiso of Hollywood, Florida, and the Teleco Enterprises Chevrolet is row 17 outside. Row 18 inside. Richard Brown of Claremont, North Carolina in the Brown Brothers Racing Chevrolet. On row 18 outside, Ray Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina in the Jug Ford. Now we should be within 25 uh, or about five minutes here of the 24th annual running of the Southern 500 at Darlington International Raceway. They'll be moving out and of course we'll have our parade laps and our uh, pace laps and then the big race, the drop of the green somewhere around noontime. Looking now at the lineup again, row 19 we go to Johnny Barnes of Charlotte in uh, Wisconsin. I think it's Port Charlotte, Wisconsin. Hopper Cruise Motors Mercury. Johnny's driving, so that's uh, inside 19. Johnny Barnes driving on row 19 outside. Ed Negree of Concord, North Carolina, in the Mills Air Conditioner Dodge. And he qualified at about 140 miles per hour to put him in that slot. D.K. Ulrich of Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Knowles Automotive Ford, is 19th row outside. Then, uh, let's see, that puts him on the 20th row inside. There's the 
start, there's the gentleman start your engine from Ray Melton. And that was the reason for the roar from the crowd. We're just about ready to go here. So that puts D.K. Ulrich on the 20th row inside. And uh, the first alternate gets the 20th row outside start because Newcastle, who qualified, did not elect to go today. Mel Larson, then, is on the 20th row outside. He's from Las Vegas in the Thermosol Steam Bath Dodge. And he'll be on the outside 20th row. That completes the lineup. There you have uh, the starting lineup from the inside front pole position. David Pearson driving to Mel Larson from Las Vegas in the first alternate position, now in the uh, 40th starting position. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. The car's coming through that fourth turn now. The caution car dropping down, going down into the pit road. The car's looking very nicely. All the colors of the rainbow waiting right now for the crowd as they come down the front straightaway. Pearson on the inside. Allison on the outside. The car's lined up nicely. Some of them juggling just a little bit, ready for the start. The green flag is out on the Southern 500 is underway as they come down the front straightaway. And it's David Pearson out in front, followed by Richard Petty. Charlie Jean, Charlie Glotzbeck moved up into the number three spot. And it's moved. The car number 12 of Bobby Allison back in the number four spot. Cale Yarbrough is fifth. Darrell Waltrip sixth. Buddy Becker seventh. Benny Parsons eighth. Lenny Pond is ninth as they go down the back straightaway. A beautiful sight now as David Pearson leads the car to the third turn. He goes up high, kisses the ball just a little bit. Bounces off of it, holds on to control, keeps that number one spot as they come down the front straight away. David Pearson out in front, and we have problems and plenty of passing back in the pack as one of the cars got a little out of shape. Here comes Darrell Waltrip into the pit. Darrell Waltrip coming down pit road, something problem with his car. But out in front, we have a real battle. Watchback moving up fast on Richard Petty as they go down the back straight away. Petty's in the number two spot. Out in front is David Pearson now as Glotzbach makes a move. Glotzbach in that uh, number 28, a Chevrolet, trying to move up on Richard Petty. Those cars right together. Another car coming down pit road. We'll check the number on it as he comes down. Richard Childers coming down pit road. They're uh, looking at the right side and evidently the fender getting banged up a little bit on Darrell Waltrip's car as they're working on the right side of Waltrip's car on the state power forward. Waltrip now going down the way. Waltrip hit the rail as he went through the turn just a few minutes ago. He definitely has that Darlington stripe on that car now. Dave, as he moves down the front straight away. Very definitely this is going to be one of those days when you don't know what's going to happen until the checker flies. Up front, out in front, still the Pearson car. David Pearson out in front in the Wood Brothers Mercury. And now a change in the number two spot as charging Charlie Glotzbeck moves around. Richard Petty to take up the number two spot. Glotzbeck in number two, the Mercury out in front with David Pearson. Glotzbeck in second place. Richard Petty's moved down to third. Cale Yarborough has moved to the number four spot. And the Chevrolet driven by Bobby Allen is second fifth. We were talking to Bobby earlier this week. He said that in all three spot. Moving Petty back to four, so Petty was in the number two spot. He got the jump on uh, Bobby Allison a while ago. Now, Petty's being challenged by Allison as they come down the front straightaway. Allison on the inside moves around and out in front of Richard Petty as they move into the number two turn. 
Richard Petty moves back into the fifth spot in a challenge for the number one spot. Charging Charlie Glotzbach moves down to the inside. Glotzbach down the inside. Pearson holds him off. Going into that treacherous third turn. There's not much room there. There's only one group as they move through. Lenny Ponds is in the pits on the front straightaway. The hood goes up on the Lenny Pond car. The traffic now catching up with some of the slower cars, the front runners. As they move around, James Thomas going down in the first turn, but still out in front is the Whit Brothers Mercury. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's stop here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. By the way, up that front straightaway now, Kale Yarbrough trying to take over that lead. He's down the inside of Bobby Allison. Allison is close to the wall. Kale Yarbrough down the inside, and they swap positions. Yarbrough moves around him, and now Allison trying to get back on the inside, trying to get back around, but Kale Yarbrough holds onto the lead here at Darlington, and Kale Yarbrough's out in front. The Chevrolet swapping positions up in that third and fourth turn, and Kale Yarbrough now takes the lead in the Southern 500. He's out in front right now with Bobby Allison dropping back into the number two spot. Let's get that separation between that first spot and the third spot, and you can see where David Pearson is now as they go up that back straightaway. Cale Yarbrough out in front, and David Pearson is now three and eight-tenths seconds behind. Three and eight-tenths seconds behind. We started to mention a moment ago before that action over on that back straightaway that uh, the turns here, of course, when this race started, many of the drivers figured it was going to be a little slick, a little treacherous. We saw the signs come out from the Wood Brothers asking David Pearson, is it loose? Just what is the situation out there? Let's find out from the guys around the uh, horn, and let's go first over to that first and second turn and get a report from Paul Sexton as to the condition of the track and how the guys are moving through that first and second turn. Paul? That first and second turn, of course, is very important. Down that back straightaway is where they get that power coming off that second turn to get ready for the third. How about it, uh, Earl Kelly over in the back stands? How are they moving down that back straightaway? Well, they're doing a lot of racing down this back straightaway. Each time around, Kale Yarber and Bobby Allison have been jockeying for position as they head down toward number three. It's been exciting thus far. The fans back here really taking it on. And I think uh, the fact that they were going so fast called both Richard Childress and Richard Brown to spin down there in three and four a little while ago. But they're back out there racing now. Plenty of action from the back straight back to the eyes. That third and fourth turn is the one here. Of course, at one time, it was strictly a one-groove turn, the third and fourth turn here at Darlington, and it's uh, taking its toll today as witnessed by uh, Waltrip and several other cars. Let's get a report from Dick Jones. Hale and Bobby coming in now. Bobby uses the third turn to his advantage as he tries to get out of the inside of Kale. Coming right into three, there's a very slick spot that's carrying the cars into the wall. Most of the cars are carrying the Darlington stripe already. Jeff Vandiver is really having his problems. He's kissing the wall an average of three or four times every time he goes through the turn. Back to the eye. Kale Yarbrough trying to move away from Bobby Allison. 
is about a second, second and a half out in front. The real battle here at Darlington is for third, fourth, and fifth place. Those three cars practically goon together as they go into those turns, and that's the way it is between those. In fact, right now, charging Charlie Glatzbach moves down to the inside, trying to get around Pearson. Pearson holds him off as they go through that, uh, down into that first and second turn. And the action continues for that third, fourth, and fifth spot as still Glatzbach putting the pressure on David Pearson trying to take over that number uh, three spot. Glatzbach, of course, one of the real stars of NASCAR for many, many years, and he's always been a contender. He definitely is today here at Darlington, South Carolina. Let's get that 40-lap rundown, Dave. Right, and looking at it, uh, we see Keel Yarborough in the number one spot. In the number two position is Bobby Allison. Number three, David Pearson. Number four is Charlie Glatzbach. Richard Petty is fifth. Buddy Baker is sixth. Benny Parsons is seventh. All in the same lap. Then looking at the eighth position, it's uh, car number 61, and that's the one that has popped up here in the top ten early in the race, and that's Dick Brooks Chevrolet. Then ninth is uh, Cuckoo Marlin in tenth position. Car number 24, Cecil Gordon, and in eleventh position, Jim Vandiver in the Dodge. Tom Gale, we understand, has been the victim of a blown engine. And here we have a speed of 145.4. After 40 laps of racing, we are 48 out on the track now. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. We're back at Darlington, South Carolina. Problems up in that third and fourth turn. Several cars spinning around. Let's go up to Dick Jones in the third and fourth turn. Dick. Johnny Barnes started it all as he came in, dropped an engine, went sideways. Jeff Vandiver tried to get around him, lost control of his car, spun up. David Sisko came in. He got a hold of Vandiver and went on through. Buddy Baker almost lost his dodge, brought it under control. They're now on the front yet. Let's go back to the eye. A lot of action up there in that 34th turn. Plenty of oil on the turn. You can see it. And the first caution of the 24th Annual Southern 500 is out right now. The first caution flag of the afternoon. And this, uh, for many of the drivers, came at a very opportune time. They're going to have to be making those pit stops before too long. And, of course, this gives the pit crews a chance to look at those tires. And coming down pit road right now, Cecil Gordon down pit road. Here also comes James Hilton. Your leader's coming in. Cale Yarborough's in. Bobby Allison in. Charlie Glott back in. Benny Parsons in. David Pearson. Richard Petty. Vandiver. All of the drivers in now for those pit stops. Darrell Waltrip coming in. The right side tires about in every case. It's right side tires all the way up and down the line being changed. Of course, those are the tires that get the wear because the weight of the car is transferred over to that right side as these cars go into the turns. Cale Yarborough gets out first. Cale Yarborough with a very fast pit stop gets out, moves out. Richard Petty, uh, coming off the jack and David Pearson coming out right behind Cale Yarborough there goes Bobby Allison then Benny Parsons then Charlie Glotz back and then David Sisko Richard Petty still up on the jacks just in front of us there goes Darrell Waltrip down the caution car coming down Petty's going to get caught in the pits if he doesn't move that car in a hurry he's coming off the jack swatting it around and he dashes off down to the turn and he just makes it out in front of the caution that is cutting it pretty close 
pretty close. He just barely got out in front of that caution car. Our Richard Petty would have lost the lap, and Richard running up in the top five. He was back in the number five spot at the time, but he could have very, very easily lost a complete lap in the pits there just a moment ago. Meantime, Cale Yarbrough is back in. They're working on the left side of his car now. Cecil Gordon's back in. Uh, in for the first time, Cuckoo Marlin. Also in the uh, Dodge from Martinsville, Virginia, Buddy Arrington. Buddy Baker's been in. Darrell Waltrip's back in. The pitch tails off the jacks and going down. So Junior Johnson has changed all four tires on that car. He's changed all four tires, and he is ready for action now. They topped off the gas tank just a moment ago, so he'll be ready for that green flag when he comes out. This should be very, very interesting because many of these uh, cars and these mechanics will make adjustments on that chassis when they're making these uh, pit stops here early in the race, and of course, uh, they didn't know what the condition would be. As we mentioned a while ago, they were giving signals from David Pearson's pit, trying to find out from Pearson just exactly how his car was handling and what was happening to it. But uh, they've made some adjustments, we're sure. They're also in communication by radio. This whole accident, uh, this caution was caused by a blown engine on Johnny Barnes's car. And let's go back up to Dick Jones, get him to recap a little bit just what happened. Uh, Dick, suppose you go through again what happened up in that third and fourth turn. Okay, Hal, Johnny Barnes was coming into turn three, and about midway, he started to drift sideways. And I glanced back to catch Vandiver coming into the turn, and back around, Barnes was completely around with dumping oil all over the track. Vandiver saw the action, tried to brake. When he did, he lost control of his car, slammed up into the top guardrail. At that time, others started getting a piece of the action. Buddy Baker put his side sideways, and right now they're out putting uh, stay dry, getting it on to try to get this oil dried up. But turn three has really been slick all afternoon. Jim Vandiver's had his problems since the first lap. He hit the wall on the first lap, and he's just been having his problems with it, and I hope uh, Jim is able to get back in the race. Now back to the eye. The action is fast and furious on the racetrack. Charging Charlie Glutz back was in front just a moment ago. Bobby Allison caught him up the third turn, slipped down the inside. Glutz back got caught in traffic. He moved around. The next time around, it was Cale Yarborough's turn. Cale trying to get up there with Bobby Allison in a piece of that number one position. Moved down on the inside. He took Glutz back, and he's in number two spot now. Glutz back being challenged right now by Buddy Baker for the number three spot. So the race goes on. That action is Still fast and furious here at Darlington. Action all over the place. And now, Glotzbach has moved away from Buddy Baker and trying to catch up with the two front runners, the two Chevrolets, Kill Yarborough from Timmonsville and Bobby Allison. And Allison slipped just a moment ago going into that first turn and Kill Yarborough moved down to the inside of him and Kill Yarborough is leading the Southern 500. Every well, you just bite your eyelashes, Dave, and you got a different leader. Something happening all the time. Mel Larson from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, behind the wall. He is out and uh, on the back straightaway in the Thermosol Team Bath Dodge. And Mel, a very, very fine uh, competitor. He won the consolation race here the other day, and he has uh, got a new sponsor, this Thermosol Steam Bath Company, and we're very, very proud of that for Mel. And uh, Hope he has a lot of luck. Yeah, he's been racing about 22 years, I think, so he's no stranger to this business. Very definitely not, racing all around the country. We have a driver that was out a few minutes ago, uh, come out of the race, Tom Gale. We have some action up the fourth turn, a car spinning around, hitting that wall up the fourth turn. The leader's just moving down underneath him. As he moves to that fourth turn, we'll try to check that number out. It looks like car number Richie 98, Patch, Richie Patch. Yeah, that's right. Richie Patch having problems up the fourth turn, and Dick Jones, did you see that action start? 
did not catch Richie. I was watching one starting to slide, coming into three, and I looked around, and Richie was going sideways. And like you say, the leaders just barely missed him. But Richie has drove a beautiful race up to this point. Back to the guy. Several of the cars, the lead cars, just barely missing that car. And David Pearson, in fact, uh, really getting a Darlington stripe right up against that wall. Whether he creased that wall or not, we don't know. He was right up against that wall as he tried to get around Richie Panch as he was spinning out through that third and fourth turn. The second caution of the flag of the afternoon is out right now. The cars coming down pit road, the lead cars, Kale Yarborough's in, Bobby Allison in, David Pearson in, Richard Petty in, all these cars in. So we have the second caution of the afternoon. Back under the green now as the green flag comes out. Kale Yarborough from Timmonsville, South Carolina, out in front. David Pearson right in behind him with Richard Petty in the number three spot. Bobby Allison fourth, and charging Charlie Glutz back in the number five spot. Buddy Baker sixth. That's the way they're running right now. As they made those pit stops a moment ago, they're back in action now, and David Pearson trying to get up with the Cale Yarborough car to take over the number one spot once again. The action is fast and furious on the track, but we have some guests standing by. So let's go over to Arch Laney over in the VIP booth. Arch? Thank you very much, Hal, uh, standing beside me. And, uh, Senator, I want to say right off the bat, we've done you a terrible disservice keeping you away from me. Good food while we're waiting to interview you here. Senator Ernest F. Fritz Hollins of South Carolina. Sir, what do you think of Darlington today? Well, I'm just thrilled to death. I got my man in there, Gail Yarbrough, leading it right now. Gail uh, and I have been friends for over the last 12 years. I started coming out here with Bob Kilko, you know, who's head of the Darlington 500. Bob and I went to law school. So I've been coming for about 20 years. And still to see a fellow like Gail Yarbrough in the lead right now thrills me. You make no bones. Kale is your favorite because you have known him so long, right? That's right. That's exactly right. I saw him ahead of the time. I said he's going to have a tough time out here with David Pearson and all the rest of them, Allison and all the excellent drivers, but I think Kale's got it today. Senator, as a, as a man of South Carolina and representing us in uh, the United States Senate, uh, what has Darlington done for South Carolina? Oh, this thing has grown. I remember that little stand over there where we used to stand and just have about, you know, when we got 20-some thousand, we thought we had a sell crowd. I know you've got over 80,000 here today, and uh, it's the finest, largest, most thrilling sporting event in all of South Carolina and the Southeast, and it, it does us great credit because it's so well appointed. It's good um, decorum over here, good order. They work hard at uh, taking care of the spectators. People don't get in trouble. And it's just good, clean entertainment and fun for Labor Day. Thank you very much, Senator Ernest F. Fritz Collins of South Carolina. Now back to the eye. And Kale Yarbrough having his hand full of David Pearson as they go into the second turn. Pearson side by side with Kale Yarbrough as they go down the back straightaway. Kale Yarbrough trying to hold on the lead. David Pearson side by side with him. In the third turn, Pearson slips underneath and goes in front. Pearson out in front with a Mercury. Kale Yarbrough back in the number two spot as the other cars continue to try to close up. But Dale Yarborough has that car right on that back bumper of Pearson now as they go down to the first and second turn. He's not happy about that number two spot. He's trying to take it over again. He mows down to the inside. Gets the nose up alongside Pearson. They go down to that third turn looking at it. And he's side by side with Pearson. Pearson goes a little deeper in the turn. He has to back off. Yarborough has to back off. So he falls back into the number two spot. Pearson holding on the lead here at Darlington, South Carolina. Coming up fast in two Chevrolets is Bobby Allison and Glutz back, and they're pounding it out. Meantime, back in the number five spot, Buddy Baker has moved around. Richard Petty to take over the number five spot. Richie Pants, son of famous driver 
Marvin Panch came out of the front pits and went into the back pits. He stayed on there just a moment ago. He made repairs uh, to his car, but he went into the pit, down pit road on the back straightaway just a moment ago. We're talking about the action here at Darlington. It's been fast and furious. We've had 13 lead changes so far among five different cars. Pearson has been in the lead, Cale Yarborough, Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, and Charlie Glott's back. And we might have a new leader now as they go down that back straightaway. Allison trying to take over that lead and trying to get around Cale Yarborough. He's in third spot right now, but Cale's in second, and there goes Bobby Allison coming around. Cale Yarborough gets it all down alongside Cale, holding him off as the car comes into that fourth turn, coming down the front straightaway. David Pearson out in front, Cale Yarborough second, and Bobby Allison third. They are right together. Those three cars really glued together. And close in behind them, less than a second behind them is Glutz, Back, and Baker. Those cars are running in the fourth and fifth spot, and Richard Petty is back about two and a half seconds in the number six spot. That's the way your front runners are right now here at Darlington. Up in the front, the battle continues for the number one spot. Pearson, who holds it now, it's a shaky lead because here comes Gail Yarborough. Gail Yarborough, the county commissioner from over in Timmonsville, South Carolina, trying to do as well on the track as he has politically and get out in front. He did it in politics. We had him on a radio show earlier this week, and we asked him in, uh, if he was going to continue in politics. He said that he thought maybe in a few years he might even run for president. I told him he'd have to get competitive for that. He's competitive here today as he's trying to take over that number one spot. He's right in the thick of things, Dave, and the action is fast and furious. How are the cars running there? I think we have an 80-lap rundown, and uh, the progress report of the race, and we've got some... Uh, let's let's say, find out just how they're running so far, Dave. Right. Thank you very much, Hal. Yes, we are in the middle of what is a real exciting day here in Darlington. 80 laps uh, we have, and now we have 90 laps. I think it'd be better to look at the 90-lap ra- race uh, standings because we have our second caution flag in between, and the 90 will make it a little more realistic to you. Incidentally, at 80 laps, the speed was beginning to pick up before the second caution of the day. 131.5 was the speed at that time. Now it's dropped at the end of 90 laps of racing to 129.2. We've completed 96 out on the track, and your leader is David Pearson. Pearson started off this race in the pole position, led the first seven laps, then dropped back a little bit, and just watched the others fight it out, then took advantage of a caution, and is back out there, beating Cale Yarbrough in a 1-2 battle into the lead now at 97 laps. Looking at the 90-lap standings, though, to go back into the field a little bit, Pearson, then Cale Yarbrough, Bobby Allison is third, fourth position is Charlie Glotzbach, fifth position, Buddy Baker, and sixth, Richard Petty, all in the same lap. Seventh position is Benny Parsons, eighth is Dick Brooks. Ninth position is occupied by Clifton Marlin. You know him as Cuckoo Marlin. And uh, they are in the same lap now, looking 10 through 13. In 10th position is Darrell Waltrip. Darrell spun out early in the race, but is still in there in that stay power forward. He's from Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, the rookie sensation of the year. And uh, they say per- perhaps one of the promising superstars of the future. And he is in 10th position at the present time. In 11th spot, Kale, or let's see, number 31, and that is is uh, Jim Vandiver. Jim has had his problems today. Got caught in that oil slick over on three and four, but he is managing to hold a position in 11th spot. And Jim, of course, is driving a Dodge. In 12th position is uh, 
number 18, Joe Frisson. Joe from Golden Valley, Minnesota. In the Frisson Cement Dodge. In 12th position at 90 left and 13th. Car number 67, and that is uh, Buddy Arrington in a Dodge, the Cherokee Construction Dodge. Buddy from Martinsville, Virginia. So I know the folks up there are very happy. As far as our speeds, if you caution the taking it down, we're about 130 miles per hour on the average. The record speed was established back in 1970. It was 148.2 when Baker won the Southern 500. And as we said, we've had numerous leaders. Pearson started it out, then Keo took it for a couple of laps, and then Bobby Allison for 25 laps picked up $300 lap money. Then Keel took it back, and then we had our cautions. Then it seesawed back and forth. Charlie Glunt's back has been up there. And now at 100 laps, we have a real battle between Keel Yarborough. You heard the crowd reaction. Keel has taken over from David Pearson. Al Hamrick had his eyes on it, and this is the way it went. And Keel Yarborough has definitely moved around, and we've had another guy moving around that... Uh, David Pearson car, the other Chevrolet that's been right up in front most of the afternoon. Bobby Allison in the Coke machine is running in the number two spot, trying to chase down Cale Yarborough. As Cale is down that back straightaway, and Cale, by using that traffic and using it very, very wisely, has got himself now about a half-second lead over Bobby Allison. Allison threads his way through the traffic as he goes to the turn. Meantime, David Pearson has his hands full with another Chevrolet. Chevrolet's all over the place. Maybe he's trying to find a spray or something to get rid of them, because they're all over him today, and and it's charging Charlie Glotzbach right in behind the David Pearson car. So that Mercury is being plagued by Chevrolet. Got the Chevrolet fever. And he is just right on the back bumper of Pearson now. Glotzbach in the number five spot. Right in behind Glotzbach is Buddy Baker. And by the way, talking about that Coke machine being up in that number two spot, we want to say hello to a good friend of auto racing and a good friend of ours from down in Atlanta, Georgia, Vic Minert, we're sure, from the Coca-Cola Company, Coca-Cola USA, listening down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia today. Our, our best to you, Vic, and we hope you're feeling real fine real soon. Nothing tremendously serious, but he is in the hospital, we understand, and we hope he's listening today. Your driver doing fine. He's in the number two spot right now. Al Hamrick along with Dave Rogers and the Darlington Universal Racing Network crew bringing you the action here. The action has been fast and furious all afternoon as we've had lead change after lead change. Right now, though, Junior Johnson has that Chevrolet, uh, well, the Junior Johnson Chevrolet driven by Cale Yarborough is out in front. And let's check the reaction as far as Junior is concerned. I'm sure it's going to be one of great excitement and uh, jubilation as far as he is concerned. Let's see. If we can pick him up along the wall there. He uh, normally... Oh, yes, there he is. With the right foot planted firmly on the uh, rail. He has the headphones on. And uh, just taking life easy as if, uh, you know, he might be at a Sunday afternoon. Pick. He always does, though, doesn't he? He, he, he always yeah. tells me how excited he gets. Yeah. You, you can watch his car go across and get the victory circle, and he'll almost smile. <laughs> That's why they did a movie about him. Oh, now. man, he's quite a character. Dave, I think you have uh, some uh, rundowns there, so let's get yeah. him to the folks. Okay, Hal. Bill Champion is in the pits. Has been so for three laps. We'll keep you posted on him. If you joined us a little bit late, let's remind you that uh, David Pearson from the pole took the lead in this race. The first uh, seven laps, and uh, then we've had all kinds of lead changes. Uh, it was uh, Keel Yarborough for a couple, and then Bobby Allison for 25 laps, and Keel took it back for 17, and uh, then it was uh, Buddy Baker for one lap, David Pearson took it for three, Bobby Allison for six laps, Keel grabbed it back for one, 
David took it right away from him, but only lasted one lap. It's Charlie Glotzbach in the fourth that moved up into the top spot for eight laps. Then uh, it was Bobby Allison for five. That was between 72 and 76. And then on lap 77, Keo Yarborough grabbed it back from Pearson, slipping around him. Charlie Glotzbach held on for one lap. Then it was Keo Yarborough for five. And then uh, for 13 laps, Mr. Pearson showed the rest of the field his rear bumper. And then Keo took over on lap 100. And Keo Yarborough is the man looking at the 110 lap standing. The speed has picked up a little bit now. We've had a couple of cautions flags out for 15 laps of this 367 lap race and so far we've completed 123 on the track. The speed at the end of 110 was 132.2 miles per hour. That's uh, up from last year when it's at this stage of the race it was 123.6 but down from the record in 1970 and that was the big one. It was 145.2 back in 1970 at 110 laps. Now it's 132.2 and it is Cale Yarborough in the lead in that car care Chevrolet mastered by uh, Junior Johnson. Number two is the Coke Chevrolet of Bobby Allison. Number three is the Purolita Mercury of David Pearson. Number four is Charlie Glotzbach, and Charlie, of course, is driving the Highland Wiper Chevrolet from Georgetown, Tennessee. In fifth position is Buddy Baker, Buddy in the Harry High K&K Insurance Dodge. In six spot, Richard Petty in the STP Dodge, and they're all in the same lap at 110 laps. Then in seventh position, we have Benny Parsons. Benny, car number 72, if you keep up with NASCAR racing, he's from Elderberry, North Carolina, in the DeWitt Enterprises Chevrolet. He's uh, not in the same lap of the leaders, but running in seventh spot. Then Dick Brooks is in eighth position, and ninth spot is Cuckoo Marlin, and in tenth position is Joe Frazan in the Dodge. And that's it uh, as far as the top ten there. The action's still fast and furious here at Darlington as these guys jockey back and forth for a position. And of course, as the race started today, we had some overcast skies, a little moisture about ready to fall at race time, just before race time. That has changed now, and uh, we had 80-degree weather at that time. Now it's moved well into the 80s. In fact, it's approaching the 90s. And it's a warm, warm afternoon. The fans are thrilling to the action here. And matter of fact, this is about the fullest I've ever seen that infield. It is absolutely packed and jammed. They walk folks in for hours, and you can see them standing around the fences as they walk them for hours in here to fill up the spots around the fences. And a tremendous, tremendous crowd here in Darlington. And, of course, to be congratulated, the president of Darlington Raceway, Barney Wallace, the director of publicity, uh, Bill Kaiser and his entire staff, they've done a tremendous job to get this crowd here today and get them in, and it's just a real fine race day here at Darlington. By the way, today we, we've talked about the events going on here, and we've got quite a race going on, but there are other things going on here, of course. Anytime you have a race, the tire companies and the accessory companies are making tests as far as their products are concerned, but we have some other tests going on today. There are 10 of the drivers out there that are specially equipped with um, some type of mechanism. We don't know exactly what. It's uh, taking their blood pressure, uh, their temperature, and their heart rate beat as they race during the course of the afternoon, recording it somewhere there in the infill area. We also have a weight experiment going on. We hope to hear about that 
uh, in just a little while uh, as to how much weight loss these guys have during the course of the afternoon. They weighed each of the drivers just before they climbed into their cars, took it down, and then as they drop out of the race, they're taking their weight once again, and then progressively are going to try to get a chart built up to see just how much weight you lose during the course of running the Southern 500. Then they're going to get the winner in victory circle and see how he is. But uh, this is going to be another interesting experiment. A lot of things going on here in the Southern 500. The main thing is right out front is that uh, red and white Chevrolet, red side, the white uh, center portion of the car with a big K and K on the front and rear, and the big number 11 on it in blue, and that's the K, the big uh, car care Chevrolet driven by Cale Yarborough, and it's going down that back straightaway now. He has shown the way around this track. Cale Yarborough from nearby Timmonsville has had the longest lead so far in this Southern 500. And it's been quite a number of years since he visited that victory circle, and Cale definitely wants to get back in there again. Let's see how far he is out in front of Bobby Allison now. Allison, meantime, uh, still has his problems from David Pearson, but he is five and a half seconds behind. Five and a half seconds behind, so the Junior Johnson Chevrolet is really moving. Meantime, in the pits, we have some action there. Car number four is in the pits. That's... Uh, the Ed Negree car, the car was supposed to have been started. It was qualified by John Sears. Ed Negree started the car. Quite possibly John has got in the meantime. They're over there working on that car. Let's check and see if uh, John's not in the car. He's around working on it. And we don't see him. Quite possibly John got into that car. We have a lot of cars, a lot of drivers moving in and out of these cars because of the point setup in that car. And they're wanting to get the uh, points for one driver or another. Very interesting watching these cars come down this front of straightaway as some of the guys move all the way over onto almost the apron portion of this front straightaway to move around the other cars and move along the way. Man, oh man, racing all the way around, Southern style, and Charlie Glott's back and Buddy Baker having it out down that back straightaway. They're racing for the number four position, and Buddy Baker's moved down the inside, taking over the number four spot from charging Charlie Glott's back, who drops back to the number five spot. So, you have a Chevrolet out in front, a Chevrolet second, a Mercury is in the third spot, a Dodge is fourth, a Chevrolet fifth, and a Dodge is sixth. Gail Yarborough this year has been out in front more than any other driver. There's been a total of 7,185 laps run in competition going into the Southern 500, and Cale Yarborough has led 2,157. He is definitely adding to that today. There's been, uh, so far, 23 different drivers have led Grand National races in the 21 races so far, and, uh, well, it's been quite a year as far as the Grand National Division of NASCAR is concerned with Bobby Allison, Donnie Allison, Baker, and all these guys right in the thick of things, but, uh, of course, the most of the victories in the big speedways anyhow going to the guy from up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Mr. Cool, the old gray fox, David Pearson. By the way, they had a tremendous day for David Pearson up in Spartanburg not too long ago and paid homage to a very, very fine race driver. Dave, I think you have another rundown, some other comments over there, Dave. Thank you, Al. I would say that, uh, just for the fans' sake there, that uh, you were the master of ceremonies at a big banquet up there for David with uh, people from racing all over the country in including uh, racing personalities from all over uh, this nation, uh, South Carolina and uh, 
We'd say that uh, the political figures were there, people who were interested in David, who uh, really haven't participated in racing, could have been backing him. So it was really a big day and night for him. And a uh, most modest David Pearson, I think, was most appreciative, wasn't he? Very definitely, Dave. And in fact, uh, we are talking about politics a while ago, and Kale Yarbrough, I believe that at any time, David Pearson wanted to run for anything in Spartanburg or Spartanburg yes. County or South Carolina, possibly. I know the governor, Governor John West, paid uh, homage to him. And, and I believe he could run for practically any office he wanted right now. You're right. Well, uh, let's look over a few things. Kale, of course, uh, has won two races this year, but they've been on the smaller tracks. He started on the pole at Bristol in the Southeastern 500, and he led uh, from start to finish. Captured another one over in Tennessee, the Music City USA 420 at Nashville. Monopolized that one. He's running fourth in the point standing. So you can see he's uh, hustling, Kale Yarborough. He's had 16 career victories, 10 of them on the big tracks. Three wins at Atlanta, three at Daytona, two at Michigan, and one each at North Carolina Motor Speedway and Darlington. But he hasn't won a super speedway event since the American 500 in 1970. And here is Richard Petty in the pits, Hal. Richard Petty in. He's getting right side tires. It's about due for a pit stop, I would think. Uh, Dick Brooks is also in the pit. Dick run down at Talladega a couple of weeks ago. And and uh, they're changing right side tires. They have Richard Petty ready to go. And he moves back down pit road. He had himself a very fine pit stop that time. 17 and 2 seconds. 17.2 for Richard Petty, the crew working on that car. Dale Inman and the crew getting him in and out and ready to go. So Richard Petty back in the thick of things. Of course, he lost some time on the track, but the other cars will be making those pit stops. We see the Wood Brothers getting everything ready for a pit stop for David Pearson. The board is going out to uh, Bobby Allison. We should have some other pit stops here very shortly. Petty this year seems to have had to make his pit stops a little earlier than most of the other cars, probably because of gas consumption and possibly the way that car is set up. I think Petty's running the wedge engine here today. So he's using a little bit more gasoline. Uh, but uh, he's back in the thick of the action. And Buddy Baker was in just a moment ago for 18 and 9, 10 seconds. Here comes car number 12, Bobby Allison into the pit. The Allison crew immediately going to work on that car, changing right side tires. Of course, during these cautions earlier, we had change of both side tires. Cale Yarborough coming off the fourth turn, and of course, he's going to get a full lap ahead of Allison right now as he moves by him down the front straightaway. Allison's car still up on the jack, and he was in there for 17.6, 17.6 seconds. A pit stop for Bobby Allison, and Allison is back in the thick of things, but he has lost a lap to the leaders, and of course, this always happens. Here comes David Pearson in. David Pearson into the pits. They're changing uh, right side tires on the Pearson car, and that Wood Brother crew absolutely is fantastic how they work on a car. We've got the clocks on him. They've changed the right front, got it ready to go, filled it up with gasoline. A little trouble on the left rear. They finally get it squared away, and he moves off. Here comes the leader, Cale Yarborough, coming down for a pit stop now. 17.92 on David Pearson for that pit stop. Your leader is in the pits and the Junior Johnson crew goes to work on the Kale Yarborough car. As the other cars now make up that time and make up the lap that they were behind, a fast pit stop for Kale Yarborough as he comes off of the jacks in 18.7. 18.7 for Kale Yarborough. So those pit stops very, very close 
as the cars move back off and back onto the racetrack. Cale Yarborough out on the track, and we'll check the uh, other cars as they move down toward him. David Pearson coming down. Here comes Gottsbach off the fourth turn. Gottsbach coming in for a pit stop now. Cale Yarborough went up that back straightaway. I believe he held on to that lead. Let's check it as he goes up that back straightaway. He's still getting up speed as he goes through the fourth turn. Yes, Cale holds on to the number one spot. Bobby Allison still in the number two spot. David Pearson back in number three spot. And Richard Petty in the number four spot right now as Gottsback is in the pits. One of the crew members going through the uh, right window of that car. Well, they were checking on something for him. Possibly uh, putting some more ice in the water jug. I don't know what. Buddy Arrington couldn't get his car fired. The crew pushing it down pit road. They can't get it started. They moved him over to the left. They're having to stop, and they're going to have to push him back up pit road to get him started. Evidently, he wouldn't fire, so they're pushing him back up. Now they're pushing him on down the way and trying to get that car number 67 started. I don't believe he fired. That's the Buddy Arrington car, and uh, if he doesn't, well, he's moving a little bit now, quite possibly almost under fire. But if he doesn't, he is going to be in a very precarious position there as he is, now he catches fire and moves it out very slowly. That's a very costly pit stop when you make a pit stop like that and you have to wait so long to catch fire and uh, finally get it going. I don't know whether he lost, possibly lost a gear too. Nope, now he's moving all right. Buddy Arrington from Martinsville, Virginia who has now got his car under power and is back on the racetrack. So let's check those uh, lead cars for you and check the time interval between the leaders. Cale Yarborough still out in front as he comes through that fourth turn. Joe Frasson coming in for a pit stop now. We'll check Cale this time as he comes down across that start and finish line and see just how he uh, stacks up against Allison. We gave you the times as far as their time in the pits, but of course, uh, the slowing down and speeding up makes some difference too. And now, Cale Yarborough has a six-second lead, a six-second lead over the uh, second-place car, Bobby Allison. So Allison lost just a little bit of ground, but not very much. Charging Charlie Glotzbach, not charging now. He's coming back down pit road. Meantime, Benny Parsons is in the pit. Joe Frisson has got right side tires, a tank of gasoline, and he's moving down pit road. They're changing right side tires on Benny Parsons' car, but something evidently happened to that car of uh, Glotzbach. We'll get Ned Jarrett and the guys in the pits there to check on it because that car has been in the pits a couple of times here. So let's go down. Uh, one of the guys are standing by there in the pits. John Quackenbush, you are Ned Jarrett. Can you tell us what's happening as far as that uh, Glotzbach car is concerned? Charlie Glotzbach right here in front of us has been pointing underneath the automobile. In fact, his last pit stop, they were a little slow in getting him off the jack. Now they've got his right side back up again, and they're looking at his right rear tire. Possible that the sheet metal is in against the tire at the moment, but now they're walking all around the car. Now they've got his dog off the jack. Glossback looks very disgusted at the moment and just shrugs his shoulders. Says, what am I supposed to do now? Let's see what he's going to do. Charlie is still in the car behind the wheel, and here he goes. And there he goes by us, and the way he's taking off out of his pit area, he might be pulling that one behind the wall for this afternoon. Down at the end of pit row, 
and he is turning left and coming behind the wall. We will find out what happened to George and Charlie from Georgetown, Indiana, in a few minutes, back to the eye of the sky. Well, one of the leaders of our race, and definitely one of the greatest drivers to ever come down, is charging Charlie Glotz back from up in Georgetown, Indiana. The crew has that car back behind the wall, and in fact, he's headed for the garage area. So we've got one of the real fine drivers going out of it for the day. And we're very sorry to see that. Charging Charlie Glotz back out of it as he goes in the garage area. We hope to get him on very shortly with Ned and uh, John Quackenbush to find out just what happened. Clifton Cuckoo Marlin and the Cunningham Kelly Charvelet gets a change of right side tires. He spins the wheels and pulls it away. Back into the action. Let's go over to find out from Ned Jarrett just what happened to that uh, Glotzbach car just a while ago. Ned, come in. Now the rear end kept heating up in the car. They were signaling back and forth to Glotzbach for the last uh, 40 or 50 laps. And he was indicating that he was getting a smell of hot grease from the rear end. And finally it got so hot that he knew they were not going to be able to finish the race. So he pulled the car out of the race. I talked with Paul Sellington, and he says that they do not plan to change the rear end. He believes that they are out of the race this afternoon. What would cause something like this? I'm sorry, John, I didn't get one. I said, what would cause something like this? Cause the rear end to burn up. Well, normally when they overheat, particularly on a super speedway like Darlington, the fan that they circulate this grease through uh, another area and run a, a fan over it to cool it off, and most of the time the fan would quit operating, which would cause it to overheat. Ned, we're not uh, halfway through the race yet, and as we look out here at the front straightaway, it looks like that new asphalt is getting extremely slick. Well, of course, it was pretty slick before they started, John, and of course, the sun uh, bearing down on it here caused the asphalt to bleed a little bit, and it is slick, but I've been noticing the drivers here driving extremely careful, and most of the cars are set up very well here this afternoon. Going to this is a tough race track and a tough race to run, they are uh, approaching it very cautiously and doing a real fine job of it. Fine, let's go back to the eye of the sky. Dale Yarbrough is a gentleman who has a mission for himself this afternoon to win the 24th Annual Southern 500, and he's on his way right now, running that car very smoothly, very nicely through these turns, moving it down this, uh, out of the fourth turn now, and as a matter of fact, the fifth-place car is within sight. He has Buddy Baker within his sights. Buddy Baker about a half straight away in front of him, and he likes that much being a complete lap ahead of Buddy Baker. So, Cale Yarbrough has things going his way. We'll try to check this time to see just how far he is in front of the second-place driver, which is Bobby Allison from Hueytown, Alabama, in another Charbelet. And now he is only five seconds. So Allison has gained about a second, a little better than a second. And of course, as we saw last year, when Allison and Pearson went down to the wire in a battle here at Darlington, Allison knows his way around the Darlington Raceway. He has back-to-back -back victories, and he definitely knows his way. And so we'll see what happens during the next little while. The action unfolds, and anything can happen at Darlington, and it usually does. Meantime, Darrell Waltrip back in the pits. He has had just too many pit stops for this afternoon. And Elmo Langley having some problems, too, with his cars. He goes slowly through the second turn, heading for the pits on the back straightaway. Dave, I think you have another rundown for us. Right, it's certainly do, Hal. And let's look at the uh, speed, first of all. We talk about, the as Ned did, uh, the drivers 
driving cautiously out there, but the speed is beginning to pick up once again. We've had a couple of cautions out for 15 laps today. 135.3 at, at the end of 140 laps. Now at the end of 150, it's 135.0. So there you can see a little bit of a difference. Three-tenths. And uh, looking at the leaders, for those of you who joined us a little bit late, and we look down below and we see that uh, Cuckoo Marlin is in for a pit stop. He's getting the rubber on the right side. David Pearson from the pole led for the first seven laps. Then uh, Yarborough for two. Then Allison for 25. Then Yarborough for 17. Buddy Baker for one. This was David Pearson for three. Bobby Allison for six. And then it was Keir uh, Yarborough for one. And Pearson for one. Then uh, it was Charlie Gotsback for eight, followed by uh, Allison for five laps. Then it was Yarborough for four, and Glotzbach for one. And then again, it was Keel Yarborough leading the way for five laps. Then uh, David Pearson for 13, and then at 100 laps, Keel Yarborough took over and led for 48 laps. Then uh, Charlie Glotzbach led from uh, 149 to 50, and at 150 laps, uh, Keel took it back. We're 166 out on the track right now, and it is Keel Yarborough in the number one spot. Number two is being held out by David Pearson in the number three position, Bobby Allison. Four is Richard Petty, and five is Buddy Baker. We notice that Elmo Langley is behind the pit wall. Four cars behind the wall on the back pit now. Langley had a blown head gasket. Bill Champion has the relief drive. We haven't been able to find out who he is, but the champion car is out there. Looking at some of the cars that are behind the pit wall, we'll uh, run through them very quickly because I know from all over the country you're interested in your favorites, whether they be up in the front or not. Richard Brown and the Chevrolet is behind the pit wall, out of the action right now anyway. We have to qualify that statement. Tom Gale and the Mercury is behind the wall. Vic Parsons is the board behind. G.C. Spencer is out of it. G.C. was in the Dodge. Lenny Pond and a Chevrolet. We may hear from Lenny a little bit later on. And uh, then we have Elmo Langley behind the pit wall. Charlie Glunt's back, and a Chevrolet had his rough moments. John, and he's back there. Johnny Barnes and a Mercury. Incidentally, Glunt's back at a, a rear end problem. Richard Childress and a Chevrolet is behind the pit wall. And Richie Pants has had to call it quits. And we're 183 laps old in a 367-lap race in beautiful Darlington on a fine day for racing. And we have Neil Yarbrough and David Pearson finding it out, but Neil is holding the lead there in the third spot is Bobby Allison. Fourth is Richard Petty, and Petty has lapped uh, Buddy Baker, so Baker is one lap behind, but he is in fifth position. The speed is up to 136.3 as of the 170th lap. The record is 139.5, so you can see these drivers are headed in that direction. But Cale uh, Yarborough, then uh, Allison and Pearson. Pearson uh, moved into the number two spot, moving Allison out of it at the end of 170. Allison had the uh, second spot. But uh, Richard Petty is in fourth, and Buddy Baker fifth. Then four laps back. In sixth position, Benny Parsons. Dick Brooks is in seventh. He's in the same lap with him. Then uh, five laps more back. Uh, eighth position, Joe Frazan. Ninth position, Cuckoo Marlin. And tenth place, is occupied by Daryl Waltrip. Al? Waltrip has had plenty of trouble, and he's been in and out of the pits. He's on the racetrack now going, and the, the gentleman who's having the problems right now is the guy from up in Charlotte, North Carolina, Jim Vandiver. Vandiver, a very fine competitor, one of the real great guys, too, in auto racing, and it's too bad he's had his problems today. He looked like he was having a lot of handling problems at first, and... 
if Charlie Glotzbach said that track out there is not slick, you can bet it's not because Charlie uh, always tells you exactly what he thinks. Of course, that ha- car could have been handling, and that is one thing about that Haas Ellington car, Haas and Junior Johnson, very good friends, and of course they get to work a lot on that car together, and they get that car handling very, very nicely, so uh, he's had it working, but back to Vandiver, he's had his problems up in that third turn, and right now they're under the hood of that car, working feverishly, his brother and another member of the crew, trying to get Vandiver back into the action. Our action has been fast and furious during the course of the afternoon. We've had 17 lead changes among five different drivers during the course of the afternoon, and that is absolutely fantastic. 17 times among five drivers. The race halfway now. We've moved past that halfway mark, and Kale has led six times more than 80 laps total, and he is increasing that lead right now and the number of laps that he's led here in this race as he continues to go well, just uh, like clockwork around this racetrack here at Darlington, South Carolina. Dale Yarborough has led over 100 laps now total, and his six different times being out in front led over 100 laps, and he is heading down that road to a victory. Of course, it's a long way to go, and anything can and usually does happen in competition in NASCAR racing, and especially at Darlington. Man, it always happens at Darlington. Plenty of action. Kale, as we mentioned a while ago, he has won two races this year. Won one out at Nashville, Tennessee, and one at Bristol, Tennessee. So it seems that Tennessee has been his state this year. He has led the races uh, going into today's race 15 different times. I've led in 15 different races, 56 different times. And uh, total laps, 2,157 different laps that he's led going into today's race. And our Darlington records, the 1973 uh, Rebel 500, they had 21 lead changes among five different drivers. We're heading close to that now with 17 among five. And in the 72 Southern 500, we had 30 lead changes last year among seven different drivers. Bobby Allison led 13 times. Petty led two times. Pearson one time, or Parsons rather, one time. David Pearson 11 times, and we'll never forget that battle between Pearson and Allison right down to the wire. Cuckoo Marlin led one time, H.B. Bailey one time, and Dick Brooks led two times. And we had quite a race last year. This one's shaping up to be another real fine one here at Darlington this afternoon with seven, uh, 17 lead changes among five different drivers so far this afternoon, Dave. So we're headed right down toward another real fine race. And Cale uh, Yarborough, if he continues keeping this machine running the way it is, he's going to have himself a very nice lead. Of course, caution flags come along, and you have things happen from time to time. It changes things. Let's see just how far Dave is out in front right now of the second-place car. And Pearson now has moved around Bobby Allison to take over the number two spot, and he is seven and a half seconds behind. Seven and a half seconds behind the second-place car, behind the first-place car, with the car number 11 of Cale Yarborough out in front. David Pearson in the Mercury is running in second spot. A Chevrolet third with Bobby Allison. Then in the number four spot is a Dodge with Richard Petty. In fifth spot is another Dodge, this one being the Buddy Baker car. Al has some information here very briefly. I noticed that Bud Moore hit the wall on the fourth turn, and now we understand that uh, Moore's car is behind the pit wall. Walter Ballard has a relief driver. We'll find out who he happens to be. D.K. Ulrich has been helped out of the car stumbling. Ray Manning relieved him, and that's in car number 40. 
Okay. Well, let's uh, check with them over in the pits. I believe we have some information uh, over in the pits right now, uh, Dave. And uh, let's go over to John Quackenbush. John? Okay, here outstanding beside me, a former winner here at Darlington and now a member of the Goodyear Racing Team, Darrell Derringer. And everybody says that tires would be a factor today on this newly resurfaced track. Darrell, has tires been a factor? Yes, everything's been real good today, John. We thought with the temperatures like were, we might possibly have some problems, but up to now there's no problems at all. The, the speed has been great. In fact, they've only fell off just a very little of what they qualified, so I think the uh, tire situation is real great. Have they had to change the tire compounds early in the race? No, they're the same tires they started with, and they wear, they wear off about 2.30 seconds in a gas stop. Would you expect, Darrell, that now that we're well past the halfway mark in today's race and the track is getting slicker all the time, that uh, some changes or some problems might develop in the last, say, third of the race? Well, I don't know, John. It looks like it's going to, uh, the same pace going to be big as, uh, big as far as it has been. Because right now they're running real close to what they qualified, even in traffic. So I don't think it's going to be much different. From a driver's point of view, Darrell, you were a driver for many years. Cale Yarbrough is out in front now. Do you think that Pearson and Allison are just laying back, waiting to make their move? Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell because these drivers are pretty cagey nowadays. And you know how Pearson is in the same way with Allison. They have, they have radios in their cars, and they're listening to the pit crew to see what they tell them to do. Fine, Darrell. Always good to see you. Thank you, John. Darrell Derringer in the front pits, and now back to the eye in the sky. And here at the eye in the sky, we remind you that Keel Yarborough is uh, shooting for his first win in Darlington since 1968 and his first super speedway victory since the American 500 in 1970. He's won two races, as Hal pointed out, in Tennessee this year, at Nashville and over at Bristol. And in 21 starts, uh, along with those two wins, he's been in the top five ten times, in the top ten thirteen. He's over $88,000 and would like to pick up over 18000 that goes to the winner here today in uh, the portion of $138,000 in posted awards. As uh, the drivers will be dividing it up in the uh, Southern 500 victory circle after it's all over. As uh, we take a look, though, at the standings, we have some interesting things to point out. We're going to be getting to those. Uh, the 190 lap standings reveal that Keel uh, Yarborough's lead is uh, very impressive. David Pearson sitting back there in second spot, a tremendously dangerous threat. In third position, Bobby Allison, and in fourth spot, Richard Petty. All of those running in the same lap, their speed, 137.4 miles per hour. Now, the record, and we understand this was a 1969 record at this stage of the race, 190 laps, was 140.3. So they're just about three miles an hour off the record pace. Richard Petty was in and out for a pit stop. Looking at the fifth position, Buddy Baker is uh, not in the same lap, but running fifth. And three laps back is uh, Benny Parsons in seventh position. Dick Brooks, he's four laps away and five laps more. In eighth position, Joe Frisson, ninth position, Cuckoo Marlin, and tenth place, Darrell Waltrip. Cale Yarborough has been leading since the 150th lap. It's 212 laps out on the board now in a 367-lap Southern 500, the 24th edition from fine Darlington, South Carolina. Fine day for racing. It's hot, but it's sunny, thank goodness. And there is a little bit of a haze up there. It gives us somewhat of a break. Not enough to, to mean anything to the drivers, though. There have been 17 lead changes. We've had two cautions for 15 laps. And here comes Bobby Allison into the pits. Hal? Bobby Allison getting left side tires this time on that Coke machine. Left side tires. 
Of course, a tank of gasoline. Cecil Gordon also in. And boy, Cecil's showing the Darlington stripes on that right side. They say this is the mark of a driver who is striving for the front when he can get those Darlington stripes. And he definitely has them. Allison out of the pits now. He's gone in uh, 18.2 seconds. 18.2 for Bobby Allison on that pit stop. The crew getting him in and out in a hurry. They're still working on the left side of the Cecil Gordon car, changing tires there and getting him uh, ready to go back into the racetrack, onto the racetrack for the race. Boy, the action's been fast and furious, and it's not been dependent as much on the pit stops today and up to this point as far as the race is concerned as it has in the past. And, of course, when we get down to the wire, that... Uh, those final pit stops, of course, can make all the difference in the world. Cecil Gordon having problems with his car, having problems with that uh, left front, and finally Lee, his brother, Lee Gordon, getting him set and ready to go back into the action. Buddy Arrington coming down pit road now. Buddy making a pit stop. David Pearson seems to be coming in on his next lap around. Here comes Cale Yarborough, the leader. Cale Yarborough coming in for a pit stop. We've got the clocks on Cale Yarborough now, and we'll check the Junior Johnson crew, and we'll also check in just a moment the uh, Whippers to see how they fast they get David Pearson in and out of the pits. This, of course, could be very important if you lose a second or two right here. It's hard to make up on that racetrack. Darrell Waltrip coming back into the pits. They've changed right side tires on the... Uh, Cale Yarborough car, they have him going back down pit road. They filled it up with gasoline, of course. 17.5 on Cale Yarborough, his pit stop. So his pit stop just a shade faster than that of Bobby Allison. And once again, the Buddy Arrington crew having to push Buddy Arrington's car down pit road to get it started. Arrington working feverishly in there, trying to get the car up in gear. He finally does, gets it uh, fired, and he's moving once again very, very slowly down pit road. That has to be a little embarrassing as far as the driver's concerned to have all of the power that they have at their disposal out on the racetrack, and suddenly... When uh, things seem to be going very well, they make a pit stop, they can't get it stopped again. Well, here comes the leader. The leader uh, at the time, David Pearson coming into the pits. He took over the lead, of course, when Cale Yarborough came in. We have the clocks on Pearson right now, and we'll check and see how long this pit stop is. 16 and a half seconds for Cale Yarborough a while ago. We'll get the uh, action on uh, Pearson. And 17 and a half for Kale. And for Pearson, 14.9. That is absolutely unreal. Absolutely unreal that you can stop a car, change two tires, fill it up with gasoline. That's 20 gallons of gasoline in 14.9 seconds. I can't even pull my handkerchief out of my pocket in that minute of time. Let's change tires. 14.9. Now we know one of the reasons that David Pearson wins so many races, man. If, you, if you're just running competitively with him, he'll beat you to death because of those pit stops. 17 and a half seconds for Kale, 18 for Bobby Allison, and 14.9 for David Pearson on that last pit stop. So there you have it. That's the way it goes, and that's the way the reasoning is. Let's check them and see out on the racetrack how they are. Of course, 
Kale had himself a very nice lead when he went in, and he has him one right now. He's coming down the front straightaway, crosses the start and finish line. We'll start to watch this and see just how far he's ahead of David Pearson now. Pearson in second place, and Pearson now is six and two-tenths seconds. So that shows it. He was just about nine seconds behind before that pit stop. He is six and two-tenths seconds behind now. So it makes a big difference if you get those fast pit stops. And that's what the Wood Brothers are famous for. Of course, when you have yourself about a nine-second lead on the racetrack, you can afford to take a little extra time in the pit. We haven't heard from the guys around the uh, turns in the past few minutes. Let's uh, cue them in around there and find out what's been happening for the last uh, little while. And if that track indeed, as Charlie Glotzbach told us a while ago, is not slick now and it's just working real fine for everyone. Let's check first down in that first and second turn and see what's happening down there and uh, see if uh, Paul Sexton is standing by. Paul, can you give us a report from the accident in the first and second turn? Now I'd have to say this has been one of the quietest Southern 500 in the first and second turn that we've ever seen. For a while, we thought the drivers were just playing a cozy through here until we put the watch on them, and we noticed that the first to the seventh place runners were all maintaining about the same Over on that back straightaway, of course, that's the point, as we mentioned a while ago, that they get the speed and uh, make that little extra move that they want to make one. How have they been moving down that back straightaway over there, Earl Kelly? Well, just a moment ago, we were about to have some excitement as David Fisco in turn number 05, as he came out of turn number two, the engine seemed to let go. A lot of smoke came from that car. He pulled it down on the inside and safely into the pit. We have several cars on the backside, which are out of the race. And this includes Dick May in turn number 29. A little while ago, they came in and stopped for some 45 minutes, put a rear end under that car, returned him to the race. He stayed out there about 20 laps and then came in and retired car number 29. The other cars out of the race on the back stretch include Vic Parsons in car number 45, Richie Pant in car number 98, whom you heard from a little while ago, Elmo Langley in car number 64, and Little Bud Moore from Charleston, South Carolina in car number 90, a car that has collided with the wall on several occasions this afternoon. We've had several relief drivers over here, the latest of which was D.K. Ulrich, who had to be helped out of car number 45, or rather car number 40. He stumbled into the pit, and they gave him some oxygen, and we see he's back out against the pit wall over there now. He's okay, but he does have relief. That's about it for the backside for now. Back to the eye. Just clocked the leader, Cale Yarborough, at 32.9, 149.471 miles per hour. So Darrell uh, Derringer, a while ago giving that information just right, they're running right now just about as fast as they qualified and in competition and with uh, over half the race in the book, that's just not bad, brother. Better than 149 miles an hour. So I guess if you have that little extra speed out there on the speedway, you don't have to worry too much about those pit stops. And he seems to have it this afternoon. We were checking around the track to find out the condition of the track and what's been happening around. And, uh, of course, the spot where the action has definitely been happening here this afternoon, up in that third and fourth turn, with all the oil and the slick spots and everything else, is the spot where Dick Jones is reporting. Let's go over and uh, listen to Dick right now and find out what's happening up in that third and fourth turn. Dick? Now, right now, absolutely nothing is happening. They're keeping it real quiet. The cars are handling real good coming into turn three. The slick 
gone, and none of the drivers are having any problems. They seem to be just settling down now to try to last the 500 miles, play Let's Chase Kale, and see who can collect the money. Back to the guy. Well, he's the man to, uh, to chase, no question about that. He hadn't uh, started spending that money by any stretch of the imagination, but he is the man to catch. We'll check right now to see just how far he is in front of that second-place car. That pit stop a while ago cut a nine-second lead down to a six-second. Let's see what it is right now. And now he definitely is gaining. He's gaining some of that time back. He's back to 6.8 now. 6.8 seconds out in front of second place David Pearson. Pearson is losing ground to Cale Yarborough now. He is just about a straightaway as they go down that back straightaway. Cale going through that third and fourth turn into the fourth turn now as Pearson dives into the second turn. Al, it looks as though uh, Cale has won about a, uh, led about 156 of the 230 laps so far. So he's really going along. He's definitely the man to beat, and he has done a fine job. We see Lenny Pond now being uh, grabbed by someone to go down, and it quite possibly will have Lenny Pond going in as a relief driver. We'll check in just a moment. He's coming over to uh, some pitch here on the front. And let's see. Possibly uh, Ned Jarrett or John Quackenbush could check down here. He is about three pits down below you toward the first turn, and uh, Lenny Pond is here getting ready to go in relief for some driver. Possibly you can come down here and find out. Lenny is standing by there now. He's down talking to Maurice Petty, actually. I don't know whether it means quite possibly Lenny Pond will be going in for Richard Petty. He's coming over into the Petty pits, and he was talking just a moment ago to Maurice Petty. Ned Jarrett has been down to the uh, Petty pits. We should have a report from him very shortly. Meantime, Darrell Waltrip has been in for a pit stop. Also, well, Cuckoo Marlin coming in right now. Here comes Benny Parsons in for a pit stop. Lenny Pond has definitely held it up, and he might be ready to go into a car. Uh, Ned's sitting by down there. Let's uh, get with Ned right now and find out just what uh, is going on. Ned, did you find out anything down from uh, Lenny Pond or from the Petty crew? Yes, they do plan for Pond to go in on his next pit stop. They say that Richard has just given out the heat out here today, but the car not handling quite as good as he would like for it to. has uh, just worn him out, so he feels that a fresh driver in the car would be able to do a better job than he feels that he's doing out there right now. We will have a relief driver for Richard Petty then in just a moment. We will have a relief driver. Let's go now down to the first and second turn in Paul Sexton. Paul? Well, I can't imagine the significance of it, but uh, as I sit here at one and two and look right into the window of the driver, I've noticed lately that about every third lap around, the only driver that seems to really be fighting that steering wheel is Richard Petty. As he does the big hip shuffle coming into number one, he's fighting his steering wheel back and forth. Everybody else is just hanging in tight and making a big turn. Back to the eye. Richard having uh, some handling problems with that car and he will be coming out Lenny Pond is suited up ready to go and helmeted up and so he's ready to jump in that car at any time we saw him coming down through the pits with one of the crew members and they seem to be in a bit of a hurry to get down there and we thought possibly he was going to uh, go in relief for someone we did not see one of the petty outfits now the petty crew getting ready for 
A pit stop, and Richard Petty should be coming in this time. He drops down as he comes out of that fourth turn. Richard, one lap down in the number four spot. He's coming off that fourth turn now, and Lenny Pond should be ready. He is. He's up uh, on his feet now, ready to get into that car as he comes down, as Richard Petty's car comes down and makes a stop. Richard Petty will be getting out of that car. Dale Inman immediately taking the screen off the side. There's a screen that they put up over the driver to hold the driver in there in case uh, anything happens. Richard Petty coming out of the car now, and Lenny Pond getting in the car. Quite a bit of difference in height between these two guys, so Lenny's going to have a little bit of a problem, possibly uh, making some adjustments as far as that seat's concerned. These seats are... Well, they're custom-made, really, for these drivers. They fit every nook and cranny of their body, and uh, just so it's absolutely comfortable for the driver himself, and that seat is custom-made. It also has a rib cage, or rib cover, we should say, covering the rib cage. It comes under the right side. It comes under, and the driver actually slides into that uh, cover of the rib cage, and then the arm going on the outside of that then, of course, he is uh, belted very tightly into that seat, and uh, it gives him plenty of protection. They're having problems, of course, adjusting those straps. One of the crew members inside the car working on the straps for Lenny Pond and change from uh, Lenny. Well, let's uh, get the statistics. Richard Petty, well over six feet tall. Lenny, I'd say about five. Oh, I don't even believe we have him in the, uh, in the book as far as uh, his statistics are concerned. Let's uh, check on Petty. Petty is well over six feet tall, I'm quite sure. Richard Lee Petty, six foot two, and uh, we'll check on He's the... Six two, 195 pounds, I know. Right, there. and we'll check on Lenny Pond. Quite a bit of difference. Richard Petty out, and they have brought some oxygen over for Richard Petty, so... He should be refreshed and ready to go again in just a few minutes. Of course, this is always a precautionary measure when these guys get out of a car. As uh, was mentioned earlier about one of the other drivers over on the back straightaway, they give him uh, some oxygen, and this, of course, revives him after a hot afternoon fighting uh, 3,850 pounds of automobile. That's uh, a very needed respite, I'm quite sure, Dave, after all of that. Uh, getting a little oxygen, he looks like he's okay, having... Uh, a soft drink and some ice on his uh, the back of his neck. It's definitely going to make a difference. Maybe we can get uh, Ned Jarrett to talk just a little bit about it. He's been in one of these race cars. He knows how the seat configuration is. And uh, Ned, uh, Richard, six foot two. What would you say, Lenny Pond? About five uh, eight or five nine, something like that. And what about the difference in as far as that seat's concerned and what uh, he has facing him right now? Well, I'm saying that Lenny is about 5'8 or 5'9. Of course, Richard being well over 6 feet, it does make a difference. And, of course, being comfortable in one of these race cars makes the difference in how well you do out on the racetrack. Of course, the fact that Lenny is fresh right now, he'll be able to adjust himself in there, and I'm sure that he'll be driving very carefully for a number of laps. But as you well know, these uh, seats are really fitted to the driver, just like the astronauts are fitted into the capsule. And uh, when a driver of a different size gets in, it's pretty tough on him. There's no doubt about it. But uh, when a driver gets tired, as Richard Petty did, having to fight it out here as much as he did this afternoon, well, he knows that even if someone else has to back off a little more going into the turn, 
because of the fact that he's not uh, fitted quite as well in the seat, he knows that he's probably a lot safer than he would be out there driving uh, with, it, with himself being real tired. I'm sure it's a great thrill as far as Lenny Pond is concerned to get in a, a car like this uh, car number 43. Wouldn't you think so, Ned? Very definitely. Of course, Lenny has been uh, one of the top competitors all year in his own Chevrolet, but having a car like the Pettis, a winning car over the years, it has to be a real treat for him. And you know, it might be an opportunity for him to learn something out there, too, because uh, every team and every driver requires a car to be set up a little bit different, and so it could be uh, a proving ground in many different ways for Lenny Pond. Well, I'm sure he can uh, possibly try to find out a few of the uh, secrets of the Petty Clan, and we just get the information from our together important statistics for us, and Lenny Pond is five foot six and a half inches tall, weighs 150 pounds, and uh, that's quite a difference between him and Richard Petty. Yes, it is quite a difference. There's no doubt about it. In fact, that was one reason I guess they had so much trouble getting uh, him adjusted in the car because uh, every belt in the car had to be adjusted to fit Lenny. And, you know, he might uh, have a little bit of a problem seeing over the steering wheel, but I'm sure that he'll adjust to that, too. Well, he's running right now through that uh, third and fourth turn. We'll keep our eye on Lenny Pond in the Richard Petty car. Meantime, we've had uh, David Sisko in Dick Brooks's car. Relief for Brooks. Brooks is up uh, in his pit standing there. Uh, getting a little relief now as uh, David Sisko has taken over for him. Richard Petty uh, seems to be okay. They're uh, putting some more ice packs to him, and he's okay. Got to Darlington, South Carolina, 252 laps have completed. Out on the track, 367-lap race it is. The 1973 Southern 500 from Darlington International Raceway. And Cale Yarborough, a man who hasn't seen victory in a super speedway event since 1970. It was up at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in the American 500 that he turned the trick. He's been racing diligently this year. He's had some fine showings. He is a way up in the standings. Cale is fourth in the overall Grand National standings and has won over $88,000, has two races on the smaller tracks, and he's trying to really get his big win here this day. Dick Brooks is in uh, with uh, John Quackenbush, and so let's sit down and uh, check with John right now. Okay, Dave, the pits is Dick Brooks. David Sisko just jumped in his automobile, number 61, his 73 Chevrolet. Dick, you say it's hot out there, buddy. It wasn't so hot. It's awful hot out there, all right, but uh, this morning we put a, a helmet on with uh, that had a had a radio in it, and it was too small for me. I was about to push the top of my head off, so that was the main reason. Dick, how was the car handling today? You said earlier last week that you didn't think you could win in the car, but you did think you could finish in the top five. How was it doing? Well, it was doing very good. We started about 23rd, and I think we were about 7th. I think there's a caution flag out. All right, let's go back to the eye in the sky. And here are the eye. We understand Earl Kelly may have the message on it. Earl, the caution is out. Yes, it is. The caution flag just came out. Jim Vandiver, car number 31, at the end of the backstretch, almost into turn number one. He spun the car. The car is resting on the racetrack itself with the front of the car right at the edge of the racetrack on the grass. And uh, Jim Vandiver has gotten out of the car and is walking around the racetrack and uh, motioning for the drivers to stay up above that car. We assume that the wrecker will come out momentarily as Vandiver walks around the racetrack with car number 31 sitting down in the third turn. Back to the eye. Here in the eye, we see David Pearson has come in. We have Kim Yarbrough in and out of the pits. He's ahead of uh, Pearson. Yarbrough beats him out of the uh, pit area. 
So Jim Vandiver having his problems now, sitting out there idle, and the caution is out the third one for the day here at Darlington, a 255th lap. And the speed, this may do something at record speed. Hallett was 138.7 at the end of 240 laps, and that was a record based on the uh, record performance in the Rebel 500, or 400 it actually was. It dates back to 1969. 137.0 it was at that stage. So you can see what this caution may do to that, and we have to work back up to it again, if at all. And it's Cecil Gordon in and out of the pit area. Some of the others are going to be taking advantage of this caution flag now. The temperature is 94 degrees behind. This is the temperature around the Darlington Raceway, not necessarily what is going on out on that track where these cars are pounding into that asphalt for all she's worth. Vanderbilt has jumped over the wall, we understand, on three. Let's get uh, the report from Dick Jones. Dick? Dave, we looked down into turn three, and Jim was walking towards us on the inside, and all at once he looked back to see if there was any traffic coming. And seeing the track was clear, he just ran up, went over the top of the wall, Turned around, waved at a couple of people and went down the bank on the other side. Evidently, Jim has a car parked outside or something, and uh, he just decided he was going to go on home. So that's all I can tell you from three and four. Back to the guy. All right, Bobby Allison in and out of the pit area. Richard Petty got rubber on the right side, and he was out. Allison on the uh, left side, and uh, they're back out in the racing wars, and uh, 72 is in, and he's running a good race. Benny Parsons. And then uh, number 14 rolls into the pit area. Cuckoo Marlin, 48. And that is uh, James Hilton, uh, the man with the reputation of being one of the finest independents. Cale Yarborough once again moves into the pit area. As David Pearson continues to dog Cale Yarborough, Cale, of course, knows that this uh, happens from time to time. He also knows that, uh, well, at any time that... Pearson might put on that little extra spin. He possibly could have been holding back a little bit. Then on the other hand, of course, he has the advantage. He is the front man. David Pearson gives him a little test. Down in the front turn, he moves down on the inside. Kale holding him off. Pearson is going just a little bit deeper in these turns as than is Kale Yarborough. So consequently, as they go into the turn, he moves up on him a little bit. Then Kale gets on the gas a little bit faster, and he comes out a little bit faster. So that's the way it goes as they rock back and forth on the straightaways. Well, it's about even right now. It's about even as they move on the straightaways. So the power about the same. One car going a little deeper into a turn, the other car coming out a little bit faster. So they're pretty even all the way around. However, earlier we did see Cale Yarborough move away from David Pearson, and as Ned mentioned, that might have been strategy at the time as far as the Wood Brothers were concerned and David Pearson to sort of let this happen. Pearson has had a way of just happening to be around at the right place at the right time at the end of the race, though. We had some action over the first and second turn to Paul Flexen. Well, right after that last caution flag, it appeared that all these drivers were throwing caution to the wind as if there were only 10 laps left. And it was Walter Ballard in car number 30 who just lost it as he went into the second turn. He spun around, and he's back down, straightens up now, but stopped on the apron down below. He's okay, back to the eye in the sky. Walter Ballard's car is hitting at the second turn. The caution is out, the fourth of the afternoon. The caution car down, they're about ready for a start, Charlie Bailey. Yes, they are. The green flag's waving, and the whole pack comes charging off that fourth turn. David Pearson leads now in track position. Buddy Baker right behind as the cars go into the high back number one turn. Back to the eye. David Pearson out in front here in the Southern 500, being chased by Bobby Allison and Cale Yarbrough and Charbelais as they go down that back straightaway. Allison now pulls around Joe Frisson. He has Cuckoo Marlin just in front of him. He's going to have to go around Marlin to get up there and race 
with David Pearson. Meantime, Pearson opening up that gap, and he has Buddy Baker right in behind him. Baker, a lap behind, would like to make it up, and here comes Kale across. Here is Bobby Allison across, and Allison is two and two-tenths seconds behind. Two and two-tenths seconds behind. That's what the traffic can do to you, and about uh, two-tenths or maybe three-tenths of a second behind Allison is the Kale Yarborough car as they go down the back straightaway. Richard Petty, right in the thick of the action on the track, he is six laps down and holding to that number five position right now, but he is six laps down. Meantime, Buddy Baker would like to get in the thick of things, and he would try very, very well to get around David Pearson to make up this lap. Then if another caution comes out the way it did just a while ago, he could very definitely be back in the thick of things right down to the wire as far as this race is concerned. They caught a little earlier. Uh, the uh, a little slower pit stop got him behind and then uh, running a little bit slower than some of the other cars. Lost a lap to the leaders. However, if he could have been in the position he's in right now in the last caution and the other one coming out within two laps, he could have moved around and made up a lot of the time. But he is a lap behind right now and trying to make up the time. Meantime, a battle for number two spot between Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison. And Cale Yarborough taking him as they come down the front straightaway, moving out in front of Allison, taking up the number two spot. Cale Yarborough now in the number two spot as he streaks down that back straightaway. Definitely the fastest car here. Uh, for about 100, 150 laps has been Cale Yarborough. Now, whether or not he's faster than Pearson car, we don't know. We'll try to get a clock on Pearson here in just a minute to see, but Pearson, after making that chassis change, seems to be handling very nicely through these turns. He seems to be able to put that car just where he wants it. And that, of course, is the important thing. We were talking to Bud Moore from Spartanburg about handling and the difference in just a little bit of space on the track. He was talking about Pearson and the fact that he usually told his uh, driver, and we'll give out one of his secrets, he said that he told Darrell Waltrip to watch David Pearson go through this, uh, these turns and see just how to get through the turns. And he said that after watching him two or three times that Waltrip sort of figured out that David Pearson definitely knew his way around the track. Right now, Pearson has his hands full of Buddy Baker. Baker right in behind him as they move through these turns. Baker trying to make up that lap. Baker tests him. He moves down the inside, down the back straightaway. They're side by side going down to that third turn. And Baker moves around and out in front of David Pearson. Now he's back in the same lap with him, trying to make up that lost time that he has. Buddy Baker from Charlotte, North Carolina has just moved around. David Pearson, and Pearson has some more problems headed his way as Cale Yarbrough closes that gap and moves even closer. And we've got the makings of a real battle right down to the wire with about 67 laps to go in the Southern 500. David Pearson now, who's the leader, has Cale Yarbrough right on his back bumper. He was clocked just a moment ago in 33.4 seconds. 147.233. That's a little slower than Cale Yarborough. Cale Yarborough moves down the inside as he goes down the first turn, trying to get around him. But David Pearson moves back, holds him off, and now Cale tries him on the outside. Cale up high, David Pearson down low. David drifts up to the wall as they go down the back straightaway. And now Cale gets a running start off that second turn, moves down the inside. He's side by side going with the third turn. Pearson moves to the inside, cuts him off, and he has to move up to the outside. Cale falling back in line. Cale once again trying to get around David Pearson to take over the lead in the Southern 500. As they come down the front straightaway, he's right on his back bumper. And Buddy Baker just in front of those two cars. 
Buddy's setting the draft right now. Pearson, the sandwich in the draft between Buddy Baker and Cale Yarborough. Those three cars to themselves up that back straightaway. And, of course, if you get any drafting at all, which you do over 100 miles an hour, that middle car has a handful handling that car because of the opposing forces from those two cars, one pulling in and one working the other way. So, Pearson driving with all of the skill he has, and now, Cale Yarborough tries the slingshot, moves to the upper side, then slingshots down to the lower side, but he can't move around David Pearson. Pearson moves back to the inside, down in that bottom lane, as they move back into that first turn. Down the back straightaway, once again, Cale getting the run, and streaking down that back straightaway as Cale Yarborough with David Pearson right in behind him. Battling for that number one spot, Buddy Baker still in front of those two cars. If that caution could come out, it certainly would help Baker now as he can make it up and get back in the thick of things. We'll check the separation between those first two cars and the third place car, but we have a very, very distinguished guest standing by over in the VIP booth, and let's go over to Archie Laney to talk to him right now. Arch? All right, we have a very distinguished guest here, right? And uh, Cameron Mitchell, we hate to pull you away from this tremendous battle between Pierce and Yarbrough. Well, I tell you, I, I, you know, I'm for all the drivers. I, I, it's a fantastic race, and of course, when you see what just happened here, and Pearson went in the wall and pulled out, and, and the car held together, and then we passed the two cars on the inside here right. to keep right... I mean, they're, they're, they're like two inches apart now. It's a terribly exciting race. And of course, yeah. uh, Cameron Mitchell of Hollywood fame, uh, High Chaparral. Uh, you're spending an awful lot of time in South Carolina now, and uh, we kind of want you to know that you're maybe one of us. Uh, well, what about that? Uh, I, I feel sort of like a, a South Carolinian now. Uh, uh, we, we got elected to the board of directors at the raceway here, and I have my good friend Ralph Seagrave, who's telling me all about it. I really saw my first auto race this spring, as you remember. Right. And uh, if you can call me a fan, I would say I'm a fanatic. And uh, and I, I like all the drivers, but uh, I'm especially impressed by uh, Pearson and, and by this race right here. Look at that. Right. that uh, it's, it's one two all the way with those two. Cameron Mitchell, what are your plans as far as uh, movies, uh, television, etc.? Well, uh, we, we, we did a, a thing here in South Carolina through ETV. I have Henry Coffin with me, the president of uh, public television South Carolina. And we just recently signed Norman Corwin to do a, a screenplay on the life of Robert E. Lee, which is our big production plan for South Carolina. Thank you very much, Cameron Mitchell of uh, High Chaparral fame, and now uh, spending part of his time in South Carolina. Back to the eye. Trouble for Bobby Allison. Bobby Allison came slowly through the third and fourth turn down into the pits. They're under the hood of that car and problems with that number 12 Chevrolet. And Dave, it looks like we will not have a three-time winner back-to-back -back with back-to-back -back wins three times. As Bobby Allison, they're moving, working very slowly on that car. Dick Jones, did you see anything in particular happen to that number 12 as he came through that third and fourth turn? What happened to him, or did you see anything in particular? I think what happened to him happened in the back stretch. He came through, he was taking the right hand and just beating the steering wheel like, well, what can you do? I thought I could make it three in a row. The car seemed to be running well. He was just shaking his head, hitting the steering wheel. Back to the eye. We'll find out. Ned Jarrett is up there in the uh, pits right now with the Bobby Allison crew. They've already lost two or three laps. They have one of the crew members up and under the car working on something. Two of them under the hood of the car. They're working feverishly on that car. And whether it will be to do any good, we don't know. Now they're taking the right front wheel. Evidently, they can't get to... Uh, 
They pop them under there. They take the right front wheel off. They're going to put another one on. All kinds of problems, evidently, for Bobby Allison, and that's a real shame. A real shame, Dave. A guy like that who has the ambitions, the drive, and... Yeah, he must uh, winning $280,000 last year, the Southern 510, including uh, nine other races. It must be most frustrating to him. The Bobby Allison car is still on the jack. They're still working underneath that uh, hood. Now they have the hood down, working on the right front. Speculation, possibly some suspension problems. We just don't know what the problem is with Bobby Allison. He's lost a lot of time. They've done some work on it. He's rolling back down. Pit Road, of course, he'll want to go out there and finish as high as he can, both for money and for points. But I'm afraid, as far as a win in the Southern 500, it's just about gone by the boards. As far as Allison is concerned, he is now in fifth spot, seven laps behind. Moving up to the number four spot is Benny Parsons now. Parsons six laps behind. He is seven laps behind. That will put Richard Petty at least eight laps behind. We'll check on that in just a moment. Michael Yarborough has moved back around Buddy Baker to put Baker a complete lap behind. Baker trying him, trying to get around him. And Pearson has meantime closed the gap. Pearson is only a second behind now. He was about three seconds behind just a moment ago. So with... Uh, Baker, and Baker has moved down on the inside and moved around Cale Yarborough. He's back in the same lap with the leaders now. He's moved back up and around and back in the same lap with the leaders. Ned Jarrett was up in the pits with the Bobby Allison crew. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett now and find out just what the problem was with Bobby Allison. Ned? Okay, Hal, it was a very freak situation. The brake adjuster fell out of the right front wheel. Of course, a lot of people might not think they have brakes on these race cars because they're tuned to going, but they also have to slow them down, particularly into these uh, tight turns here at Darlington. And, uh, of course, when that brake adjuster fell out, it caused uh, ill handling and vibration in that right front, so he had no alternative to come in. It took quite a while to find out exactly what was wrong, because it was such a freak thing happening to it, and I see that he's coming back down pit road once again, so evidently they don't have the uh, problem corrected yet. And I also went up and checked with the Wood Brothers to see if Pearson was having any particular problems, and they say when he runs right on the bumper of Cale Yarborough that he is overheating. And uh, that's the only problem that he seems to be having, although it's not anything that's uh, serious, that is serious enough that he has to back off occasionally. Now back to the... Well, uh, that would be a problem down at the wire if you're having problem running right on the back bumper of the guy. But, of course, I'm sure they won't worry about that overheating in those last few laps. He has fallen a little bit off the pace. Meantime, Cale Yarborough, evidently seeing Pearson closing up on him, has uh, moved back around Buddy Baker, and he has a full lap on Baker once again. So Baker is uh, a lap behind. And uh, Kale now streaks away from that pack as he goes up the back straightaway. And Allison, who's staying in the pits a couple of minutes this time, lost a lot of ground to the other cars. In fact, he has lost that number five position now as Richard Petty has moved into the number five position. He was in the same lap with him, seven laps behind. And Allison is in least sixth spot or maybe even lower. He's going slowly down the back straightaway, trying to get up speed. But Allison, a real heartbreak for Allison here this afternoon as he was running very well, definitely in contention. He is out of contention now. He's still in the race. 
but he is seven laps behind, and you just don't get seven laps behind the likes of Cale Yarborough and David Pearson and hope to win a race. Well, he picked up 38 laps of lap money there, uh, but everybody else has picked up just a few here and there, too. It's been all Mr. Yarborough. Uh, I think uh, he was, let's see, adding up... Uh, David Pearson, 7 and 3 is 10, 23, 4 and 5 and 6 and 14. That's uh, just about 40 laps that he's led, and that's it. 40, 38, 10, and 1. And the rest of the way... The rest of the way, it has been Cale Yarborough, and we are 333. That means we only have uh, about 34 laps to go in this 364-lap event. And what about pit stops? I noticed that... Uh, Pearson, uh, 338 to 342, and Yarborough, 345 to 350. That's going to be a very, very uh -huh. important pit stop, yeah. uh, Dave. How about some statistics up to date? Sure, we have the 320-lap standings, and they have a record at 320. In 1970, in the Southern 500, the record had been 132.1 miles per hour. Now it's 132.9. Looking at the leaders at 320, Yarborough, Pearson, and then in third place, Buddy Baker in the same lap, five laps away in fourth position, Benny Parsons, six laps off the pace in fifth position, Richard Petty. Now it's seven laps. Petty is seven laps away uh, on the current uh, track running. In sixth place, seven laps or more, we have Bobby Allison in sixth position, seventh position, car number 14, Cuckoo Marlin, number eight, and car number 18, Joe Frazan. Number 9, Darrell Waltrip. Number 10, Dick Brooks. Number 11, J.D. McDuffie. And number 12, Buddy Arrington. Those are your top 12 at the end of 320 laps. Those are the latest uh, official, unofficial type. Of course, they won't be official until tomorrow. And after a thorough check has been made, then you would say it would be an official race. But uh, this is from the uh, NASCAR scoring stand, this information. But our speed, though, is 132.9. Cale Yarborough, the winner of the 1968 Southern 500 here in Darlington, is leading the way. We understand that Darrell Waltrip, who seems to be a shoe-in for the NASCAR Rookie of the Year award, has been voted the rookie of the 24th Southern 500. Joe Frisson has been named winner of the Bob Calvin Little Guy Award. That award goes uh, each year in the Southern 500 to uh, the young driver who seems to show the most promise as a young independent who is really in, I guess, what you would call a struggling stage in automobile racing. Joe Frazan has been around here at Darlington, but, of course, he hasn't had that tremendously big ride. Coming in now for a pit stop is uh, number 24, Cecil Gordon. It looks as though that Cale Yarborough did just has to hold on and not make that mistake. David Pearson is too close by. In order to uh, make a mistake, you'd have, you'd really, could cost you there. It looks as though it's going to be Cale Yarborough, though, unless something happens here. And, of course, in Southern 500 competition, you cannot count it at a uh, race until that checker flag falls. Well, there's no way in the world you can say that uh, the race has settled down, but at least the action right now is uh, on the track. The cars punishing themselves as they go around this mile and three-eighths oval in the latter stages of it. 340 laps complete in Darlington Racing. And, of course, that means with 340 laps, you only have 27 to go in this event. We have the 330-lap standings for you. The average speed is on the way up again, 133.4. We've had five caution flags. 
that's the reason it has fluctuated so. This record was set in uh, the Southern 500-1970 with 132.3 miles per hour. Let's look at the standings now. In the same lap, the top two cars, and uh, they are, uh, of course, Cale Yarborough and David Pearson. Then in third position, Buddy Baker has fallen back a couple of laps. In fourth position, Benny Parsons. And Benny is six laps off the pace. Now he has dropped back another one, and so he is seven laps away. In fifth position, Richard Petty. And he is seven laps behind the leader, Cale Yarborough. And uh, the two men up front in the same lap, Yarborough and Pearson. In sixth position is uh, Bobby Allison. Number seven is uh, Cuckoo Marlin. And number eight spot, Darrell Waltrip. Number nine, Dick Brooks. And number ten, Buddy Arrington. Those are the top ten at 330 laps, if you are keeping records with us. And that's speed, once again, 133.4. But Cale Yarbrough is leading at a 343-lap clip out here at the Darlington Mile and 3-8 at this stage of the race. Sunshine is beaming down on South Carolina. Not too much of that hay. Some of that has moved out now. The temperature is in the mid-90s here. Started out in the low 80s and has moved up into the mid-90s in the, tr in the uh, automobiles. And on the track, it's just unbelievably hot. In fact, Richard Petty had to be relieved during the course of the afternoon. Several other drivers had to drop out. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank some of the folks working with the Darlington Universal Racing Network who are behind the scenes. And actually, Hal, are not on uh, the race broadcast. Marguerite Purvis, right here beside us in the eye. And Celeste Price, who always do such a fine job here. Mr. C.A. Jenny, stand by throughout the years. Jim Whittemore, keeping stats for it. Chip Lohman. And then we say uh, many thanks to uh, Jerry Taylor down in the Pagoda and to Woodrow McKay over at Turns 1 and 2 and Hugh Thomas in the back stands and John Touchberry over on Turns 3 and 4 and Woody McKay in the front pit area. And uh, there are others, too, who make a tremendous contribution in this uh, Southern 500 race as far as our Darlington Universal Racing Network is concerned. We'll be passing along some other comments a little bit later on in the afternoon, perhaps uh, after the checker has uh, fallen. And uh, we would note one other thing. Thing. If you look out here and you see the mass of humanity on the back stands, and that's the one we can see, we notice that uh, there is just one mass. There are no fans leaving, uh, certainly not to amount to anything. The Wood Brothers game is on once again, and it says Pitt, and David Pearson has done that. Let's go to uh, John Quackenbush. Okay, gas going in the corner, and that is all, and David is gone in 10 seconds. The Wood Brothers figuring that the rubber on both sides of the car is in good enough shape to finish out this race, the final 21 laps of it. Here comes Caleb Yarbrough by, and he has got one more pit stop to make, and it will probably be only the gas for him also. Now back to the eye of the sky. Al, that was unbelievable, that stop right there. How, how did you clock it? Uh, just a fraction over 10. In fact, the clock from 9-8 to 10-2. So it's a very fast pit stop, reminiscent of last year's pit stop when he made it after Allison, and then they had their dog-eat-dog -dog fight right down to the wire, and Allison got him on the, uh, up in the third turn there on that last lap. Now, uh, of course, uh, Pearson coming along, and uh, he is almost a lap behind, as you can see. He is almost a lap behind, and of course, we said he was only 10 seconds in the pits, but you've got to slow down, then you've got to get your speed up, so that makes a difference. That makes a big difference. Gale, in all probability, will right now, and I would say his strategy will be to try his best to get as close to Pearson as he can before he has to come in and make that stop, get in and out as fast as he can, be sure that pit lane is clear. Now, just a moment ago, Darrell Walter was in there getting right side tires and gasoline, so I'm sure that uh, the crew held him up just a moment. We'll watch and see and... Uh, 
Charlie Bailey, if you see some signals down there from that Junior Johnson crew who are just in front of you to call Cale uh, Yarborough in there for that gasoline, let us know because that is the big thing right now. And by the way, the two crews of the two cars that are in contention are pitting side by side. So you can bet they've been sort of watching each other through the corner of their eyes to see what the other cat was going to do during the course of this race. They have brought David Pearson in. Pearson has enough gasoline now to go the rest of the way. Kale, in all probability, is going to have to make that stop. But Kale right now has moved right up on the back bumper of David Pearson on the back straightaway. And as a matter of fact, trying to pass him to get a full lap on the field. They are right now setting up Kale for a pit stop. And Kale will be coming in. And possibly Kale might be trying to get as much time as he can he might possibly want to get some tires we'll have to wait and see what the strategy is i would think he would go for gasoline only meantime cecil gordon has come in for a pit stop he got right side rubber a tank of gasoline he spun out of the pitch went back out on the track and he is out there right now back at full steam he was the winner of the second leg of the winston cup cuckoo marlin coming down pit road we're watching and right now kale yarborough slowing down so Cale Yarborough is going to be coming in this time. He lost a little time as a car was uh, in front of him, and he couldn't make that pit stop just the way he wanted to turn there, just the way he wanted to. So he's going to lose a little bit of time. Let's see how much time he is in there. We put the watch on him. He has stopped. They're filling it up with gasoline. No tires. No tires. Meantime, David Pearson streaking up into that turn. He has gone in 8.2 seconds. 8.2 seconds for Cale Yarbrough. He beats him on that pit stop. He is back out and running as he goes into the first turn. Pearson coming across the start and finish line. And Cale Yarbrough is going to stay out in front and make that pit stop as David Pearson tries to catch up. And just a few laps to go. We've completed 353. 14 to go. Uh, 367. And you know, the thing that has been the main thing as far as the Wood Brothers, that extra second that time, cost them a lot of time out on that racetrack and could have cost them that race. Let's see right now how far Kale is in front of David Pearson. No, it's going to be more than a second. In fact, he is five and two-tenths seconds behind, but that definitely added to the problem. The fans still right with it here all the way. Nobody has moved from those seats. They want to see what happens as it's going down to the wire, but still about five and a half seconds separating these two cars between first and second place. And today, it's been Cale Yarborough Day here at Darlington, South Carolina. What a departure from that spring race here, the Rebel 500, the first 500 that Pearson won here at Darlington. He won by about 13 laps, 19 miles, something like that. <laughs> uh, I think one of the greatest spreads in uh, NASCAR history, wasn't it? Very definitely. You know, that number 11 has been in victory circle before, hadn't it, Ned Jarrett? Don't you remember occasions? Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. There's been uh, at least one other occasion. Yes, it sure has, Hal. In fact, about eight years ago today. <laughs> well, we'd uh, revive your memory just a little bit and uh, a little nostalgia there. Uh, Ned, does it make you want to get back in, the, in a number 11 and head for Victory Circle or something, uh, watching well, all this? Hal, it's always good to see a number that uh, you run so long, doing so well, and Neil Yarborough is here today. And, uh, of course, the sport makes me want to get back in it. 
know, it's been about six years since I've been behind the wheel of one, and I'm afraid I'll be a little bit rusty. But uh, when you look at the amount of money these fellows run for today, it makes you have second thoughts there, too. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Gail Yarbrough right now, I'm sure, a lot of uh, thoughts and so forth going on through his mind. We were talking to uh, Dick Brooks, uh, Dave, the other night. Yeah. Dick Brooks won the Talladega 500, and he said that, I asked him, you know, what, what was your feeling in the last few laps? He said, well, he said, I've always heard from all these guys that I've never been in that position before, that you that you heard rattles that you'd never heard before, and the car didn't seem like it was handling right, and everything's going wrong. But he said, I guess I was just unconscious. Everything just went right for me. <laughs> uh, here he is running along in ninth spot now. Dick Brooks is doing all right in a Chevrolet that he wasn't too pleased with to, to begin with, but he's been very competitive today, hasn't he? Notice that speed is up. We have a record speed at 350 laps, 134 Point two miles per hour. I think our record here for Southern 500 racing is around 131 plus. So we're really on it today. Well, fine. 134. Should we go on down to the wire? We've completed 359 now. 367. We have less than 10 laps to go, so we could have ourselves a new record for the Southern 500, although we've had, what, five or six cautions? Five, five, five right. That's five right. so far. Yeah, 350 laps standing. I might point those out uh, just for the benefit of the fans who are interested in those uh, down in the pack there. Uh, number one, of course, is uh, Cale Yarborough. Number two, David Pearson in the same lap. Then Buddy Baker is one lap behind. Richard Petty is six laps off. And Benny Parsons is seven laps away. Then we look back into the field at sixth place. It is uh, the Allison car, Bobby Allison, in seventh place. This is in the 350 laps now. In seventh place is uh, Cuckoo Marlin. In eighth position, Darrell Waltrip. Ninth is Dick Brooks. Tenth is J.D. McDuffie, the North Carolinian in the Chevrolet. He's running a tenth spot, and he's been competitive today. Number 11 is uh, car number 67, and that's Buddy Arrington. And 12th is uh, Bill Champion's car, that uh, Mercury. So that's the way they're running the top 12 at the end of 350 laps with a speed of over 134 miles an hour. Man, oh, man, a new record and all those cautions and all the battling going on during the course of the day between about five different drivers. Uh, we've had about 20 lead changes, more or less. Gail Yarborough from nearby Timmonsville having his way here today. We had him on a radio show the other night. He said, man, I want to win this weekend. I really, really need a win. And so, Gail Yarborough, Caleb Yarborough from Timmonsville, South Carolina, is uh, in a very, very good spot right now to go right on down to the wire. He has less than 10 laps to go as he heads down to that wire, and uh, a big win as far as he's concerned, uh, we're sure. He uh, is 185 pounds, 5'7", married to Betty Jo, a beautiful young lady, and uh, well, he's uh, already in prime for another win, and he said that Darlington would be the place to go and go to Victory Circle. It's a hard, rough racetrack, but it's just the place. We will uh, be back to action from Darlington in just a moment from the Southern 500. This is the Darlington Universal Racing Network. Back at Darlington, the Southern 500, we had action over in the first and second turn. Let's go to Paul Sexton. Okay, car number 19, that's Henley Gray of Rome, Georgia, and James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, just got it sideways in the middle of one and two. Both of them straightened it up and came out of it all in one piece, back to the eye. A uh, caution flag is flying here at Darlington. This is the sixth of the afternoon, the sixth caution flag of the afternoon, and we might very well have this race end 
under the caution. Very well end on the caution, and it would not have any bang on the race whatsoever because of the fact that Carol Denning have himself a very nice lead. The caution is out the sixth of the afternoon. Carol coming off the fourth turn now, and we very well, in fact, uh, we've got 365 laps completed. The race is a 367 lapper. We will finish under the caution. There'll be no other way. The car has to stay out there at least one lap. He's catching the field now. They'll complete 366. They've completed 366. And uh, Charlie Bailey, were they waving the white flag that time? They sure were, Hal. And I heard a big poo go up in the crowd as if to say, well, let's not throw it now. Let's hold him up and give two more laps to run because Pearson is, uh, well, I would say about uh, four or five car lengths behind Yarbrough now. They want a mad dash for the finish. But the white flag did go out. we got the checkered flag. And then Johnny Bruner Jr., we should be getting that checkered flag under the caution in just a moment or so. They sent the pace car to pick up the leader. So undoubtedly, Hal, we will have a finish under the caution flag. The uh, black and white now being held by Johnny Bruner Jr. The car's slowly behind the uh, pace car coming off the fourth turn. Down the straightaway, Cale Yarbrough having his second win here at in South Carolina. And the checkered flag comes out. Cale Yarborough, the winner, as the roar from the crowd goes up from a grandstand across the way. Back to the eyes. And Cale Yarborough coming down the front straight away with his left hand out the window. The V for victory sign all the way around. He's got the V for victory sign out. A very happy gentleman with a great big Simmonsville grin on his face. A very happy guy. I'm sure he would like to head it down to the wire, but Pearson was about uh, four and a half, five seconds behind. And as long as that car stayed in uh, shape, there's no question as to who the ultimate winner. So really nothing taken away from Cale Yarborough by winning this way. Nothing taken away from uh, David Pearson because he finished second. But uh, that record continues, Dave. It just is second, 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 second in the Southern 500 for David Pearson. That's right. It's five for David Pearson now. Five runner-ups. And uh, look at those wins in the Rebel race. Uh, but he did get the 500 miles in this spring. And uh, now I'm beginning to wonder whether or not uh, David's going to feel like he's jinxed. He's going to have to come back around try it again next year. And he's the type of will. Uh, they're interviewing him now for a television show. Got Cale uh, Yarborough at the start and finish line, and the ABC crew there getting a quick uh, interview before he goes on down to Victory Circle. And I'm sure a very happy Cale Yarborough, very happy for him and Betty Joe, the whole family. And uh, there'll be joy in old Timmonsville tonight, won't there? I'll tell you right now. I can see the headlines. Councilman wins race. <laughs> Our commissioner wins race, I should say. And this is a different kind than the one he won before. Commissioner wins local race. That's the way to headline it. <laughs> well, he'll be happy, and uh, there'll be a lot of joy over in uh, the town of Timmonsville tonight. And we're going to go down to uh, Victory Circle, uh, Dave. I think got everybody standing by over there. Right, we certainly are. Boy, this has been a win. This, this was Kale's 220th race in his career. What a way to win, and win it, too. He uh, led about 277 laps the way we have it figured here. Uh, David got in about 40 and 38 for Bobby, 10 for Charlie Glotzbeck, and 1 for Buddy Baker. Otherwise, that's been about it. That's the way you have it, too, right? 277. Okay, and that uh, Ten different means times. That, wow. uh, we had five different leaders in the race, as we said, and we had on any number of uh, lead changes. I'll check over those stats here while uh, All right. we watch. We had 25, 25 lead changes among five different drivers. Kale led 10 times, 277 laps. Pearson, 6 times, 40 laps. Allison, 5 times, 38 laps. 
Glotz back three times, ten laps, and Baker two times for two laps. Let's go over to Victory Circle. Here we are ready with Cale Yarbrough, the winner. He's being surrounded by Herb Nab and some of the people. We want to find out if we can get to him with our radio broadcast in just a moment. He's trying to relax a little bit. They're checking to see if he's all right to stay in the car for our radio interview before he gets out. We're trying to find out, Bill, are you going to get him out first? He's coming out first. He's coming out first, and we'll get to him in just a moment. He's real excited, and well, he should be for his first victory here since 1968. And after leaving NASCAR for a few years to try the wars on the USAC circuit, he's come back to win his first major Speedway victory in, uh, since coming back. He's won two races this year, but this is the first one uh, here at uh, Darlington, right South Carolina. Right right Cale Yarbrough. <laughs> there, he's arguing hurt now. Uh, Cale, how in the world does it feel to win again after so long? Well, it feels real good. Uh, I just got so, so many people to thank for putting up with me all year. It's been such a dry spell. Well, name some of them. Well, <laughs> of course, the uh, car care people who made it possible for us to, to uh, run this year, the Junior Johnson Herd Nav, and uh, Ashland Law Company, who's been so good to us all year. You have to get back on Monroe Shock, Goodyear Tires, Rocket Joel, and all. I'm just yeah, let me ask you this. They say the way to beat uh, David Pearson is in the pits. Does that last pit stop you think help you do it? Well, I don't think, uh, I don't know. It might have helped me, but we beat him on the racetrack today, you too. You certainly did. You drove a beautiful race. Did you, you have, have any good problems? Hat, Herb? Did you have any problems? Uh, none, no. Everything went good. Everything went real good. Yeah. Congratulations, Cale really. Yarbrough, winner of the 24th annual Southern 500. I want to ask Herb now one question here. Uh, Herb, you've been working for a long time with this, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'm sure taking today. This feels like, like my first win because it's been long this year and we finally got it through. You've been there many times. And I really want to congratulate Junior and uh, Chevrolet, of course, the fine Chevrolet they have. And I want to congratulate Robert Yates to build these engines and all the guys on the crew. I mean, without them, you couldn't win a race. So i got to say thanks to all of that. Right you are, Herb Nath. Thank you very much, Chief Mechanic for the uh, Cale Yarbrough Chevrolet, winner of the 24th Annual Southern 500. Junior Johnson, how do you feel about this big win, sir? Well, it's a great thing for our crew. Our, the crew's memorial, their morale was way down, and this really helped them out a whole lot, I think. It's, Cale done a good job. I thought it was great. What did it do for Junior Johnson's morale? Well, I've won here before, but I, I'll always take another win. I know you will. Congratulations, <laughs> Junior Johnson. Now back to the eye. Well, a fine race and a fine crew and uh, certainly deserving of a win, not to take anything away from anyone. These guys have worked hard and uh, had their difficulties this year, Dave, and it's just great to see them in Victory Circle. I, uh, well, I have many, many friends, all these guys, and I'd like for every one of them, I'd like for it to be a 40-lap dead heat one time, but it just doesn't work out that way. But uh, it is uh, real great to see these guys come along and get a win after uh, a real rough season. Well, it was uh, still a moral victory as far as David Pearson was concerned, Dave, with that second-place finish and about $10,000. He did pass that million-dollar mark. So uh, it, it, it's not all bad, but it's still not like finishing first. But it means third, though. You have some final statistics for us, Dave. Yes, quite a bit to talk about. Uh, first of all, I noticed that uh, in looking back at the previous Southern 500s, that Ford has won six of the Southern 500. Chevrolet had won five, so that evens them with the Ford people. Mercury three, Plymouth two, Dodge two, Olds two, Hudson two, and Pontiac one. For those of you who follow Southern 500 racing every year. Looking at the unofficial finishing here now, and this, of course, is subject to change. 
change. We look at the latest report we have, and apparently we have us a record speed of around 134 miles per hour, even though we came in on the caution, and uh, Keo won it with the yellow flag flying. It was the Cale Yarborough, then uh, David Pearson in second spot, third place, and one lap behind Buddy Baker, six laps off of place, the pace, and in fourth place, Richard Petty, then in fifth spot, seven laps away, Benny Parsons in sixth position, it uh, was uh, Bobby Allison in seventh place, Cuckoo Marlin, eighth place, Dick Brooks, ninth, J.D. McDuffie, and in tenth position, Buddy Arrington. With all of that money and everything, Kale stands to win probably over $21,000. He had picked up in the Southeastern 500 at Bristol around $6,500 and about $5,200 in the Music City USA event at Nashville. So that's quite a change there, and I'm sure he welcomes it. He had picked up uh, so far in earnings for NASCAR about 88325 He said it's been since 68 that he's won the Southern 500 at Darlington. He's really had to fight for his wins here this year. He's running fourth in the point standings. Of course, uh, he's a man that had a great year in 68 and is certainly destined for great things in NASCAR in the future years to come. He knows this racetrack. He has added to his... Uh, wins here now his 17th career victory on the big tracks three wins at atlanta three at daytona two at michigan and uh, one at north carolina motor speedway but he hadn't won a super speedway event since back in 1970 in the american 500 at north carolina motor speedway so this was really a sweet one he uh, was in there in 25 lead changes with five drivers leading 277 of the 367 laps and winning his 220th NASCAR, uh, or participating in his 220th NASCAR race, winning his 17th. Well, we have the speed, 134.033 miles per hour for Keel Yarborough, who, uh, when he won here in 68, had a bumper-to-bumper fight with David Pearson, had a little bit of an easier time this time. Uh, yeah, a new record. Pick that yes. one up. The new record, 134.033. The previous record, 131.398 miles per hour. Bobby Allison set, so we have a new record today in the Southern 500. It's been a pleasure to have you with us by way of radio from Darlington, South Carolina. This is goodbye from the Darlington Universal Racing Network. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.